Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Dan Orlovsky. When I'm looking for safety, I always take the extra steps and listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions with it, second and goal from the eight, down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Chase in the end zone, touchdown, Detroit Lions! That's it, packs the bag, starts the plane, this game is over! How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 171. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How are you doing, man? Uh, so I recently went on safari to Africa to uh, see some actual lions in the wild. and uh, It may have been dehydration or been the LSD, I'm not sure, but um, I, I had to take a leak at one point, and, and, and this elephant walked up to me and started talking. And he goes, uh, it's cute, but uh, how do you breathe through that thing? <laughs> All right. In today's show, we bring it back, putting them on blast. Although, I don't, I think the blast uh, furnace is facing a different direction now. We'll have that up there. You guys listen to all the phone-ins. Uh, big win over the Pats. This is one we love to talk about. God, case we should have done a post-game show this week. Too bad it was so late, man. Um, we talk about the big wheels the Lions have found. There's a lot to be talked about there. We preview the game against the Cowboys and a whole lot more. we got a great show lined up. Case, you ready to go, my man? Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I told them, breathe right strips, man, all the way. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, time for a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... Wow! Yes, and of course, our very first donor, Mathis, and Brian B. from I Prevail, big donor from Patreon. Love you guys all, all you folks that join us, new Patreon donors. Thank you so much for joining the crew. It's at patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You can join the crew there, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Set yourself up, donate a dollar, five dollars, a million dollars a month, whatever you feel like giving. We appreciate every little bit that you guys send our way. Remember, those folks that get on the Patreon get access to the special Slack channel. And I got to tell you, we've been wanting to do this pre-show thing for a while. Now I'm traveling. You can tell us the audio is a little bit different. I'm uh, traveling this week and next week for the show, uh, for the weekly show. So we're not going to have any pre-show video for that. But it will be there. I promise you guys you're going to have a lot of fun when it's there. I apologize for the delay. But hey, you Patreon people, you get access to that. And, and a couple of other really cool things. We're going to do some Patreon-only giveaways, that kind of stuff. 
patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Join the crew, and uh, like I said, a dollar a month gets you in on it. Anything more than that, maybe you get double entries in some of our stuff. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and check us out on Twitter at DET Lions podcast. That's right, on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast. It's the very best place to see Case. Getting up two or three times a night just to go to the bathroom. Ooh, very, very. You, you get sexier every time with that, buddy. Check us out on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Also hit the little red bell so you get notified when we go live. You folks, we've gotten a lot of people asking about the post-game show. This is it. Every game gets a live post-game show from now on, except Thanksgiving. And uh, get ready for it. We're there, and uh, we'll be there for therapy sessions or to celebrate right with you. And it's all via YouTube. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Subscribe now and hit that bell so you get the notifications when we go live. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us. Love those five-star reviews. Keep them flowing, please. Five stars only. Five stars are the best stars. And that makes you a star. Calls via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week on Reddit. And, you know, this has become a new staple of the showcase. We've got the... The phone, the phone ins from our listeners, and they've been picking up. Yeah. We got a lot of them, nine of them this week. That's a, that's a lot of phone calls. Nice. Yeah, people are involved. It's 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 nice to come off of a win. We'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, we're putting people on blast this time. It ain't the team. It ain't the coaches. <laughs> it's the Patriots. Check it out. We're gonna put them on blast. All right. What's up, Chris and Case? This is Bro Schaefer, Arizona. Hey, Green Bay just lost. Vikings just lost. Hey, why not? It's, it's getting mixed up in the NFL. We might, we might win. We might get this W. And I've still got the faith. I still believe in Stafford. I still believe in Patricia. Hey, we got it. Let's do it. Let's send out good vibes. That's what we can do as fans. Send out good vibes. That bad vibes. That's all I'm all about. We got it. Go live. Woo! Hey, it's Lucas. Uh, two weeks ago, I called in, and I had so little hope for the season. And just like the Lions, they brought the hope back. But unlike the Lions, by the end of this game, they did not crush them horribly. I cannot believe I just watched the Lions destroy the Patriots. They actually legitimately looked like they had a game plan, which was to not let the Patriots have the ball, and they actually executed it. This was, after that Stafford interception... This was the first time in forever where I just thought, that's okay. The offense is to shake it off and just come out and do their business, and that's exactly what they did. This whole team looked like a well-oiled machine for once. And it's just been a crazy day of football because of how the rest of the NFC North looked today. The Lions were easily the best team today. I know the Bears won, but that was just because the Cardinals decided to give them the game. I am just, I am still in absolute utter shock at what I watched. It feels great. It, you know, at this point, 14-2, and two, Lions are the best. I don't care. I'm, I'm swinging the other direction. This was amazing to watch. Uh, I, 
I've never been so nervous with such a lead before because, you know, usually the Patriots pull out some crazy crap. But, like, oh, man, they just shut him down tonight, and it was amazing. And Brady looks sad, which made me happy. And Slay is amazing. And the whole team is amazing. And, yeah, Lions are the best. Go Lions. Woo! Hi, guys. And this is Rick from Deer Park, from Deer Park, Texas, the suburb outside of Houston. Um, let me just say, to see a full four quarters of Detroit Lions football, it, there's a weight lifted off your shoulders. Oh, man, I just can't believe that. It finally seems like it's clicking. That's a cautious win for me. Um, I've been a Detroit Lions fan since birth. Family's from Detroit. Fortunately, unfortunately, I was born here. Um, but, you know, I love my Lions. Diehard fan. But, man, just to see that win, oh, thank God. Thank God. I uh, love what you guys are doing with the podcast. Keep it up. Thanks. Hey, guys. This is Brian in Grand Rapids calling. I'm calling to tell you that I'm actually a little pissed off. And I'll tell you why I'm a little pissed off. I was watching this entire game where the Lions got a lead. They expanded on the lead. They kept the lead the entire game. They controlled the ball. They dominated in every stat. And yet, because I'm a Lions fan, I could not enjoy a single second of it until it became absolutely impossible for the Patriots to win that game. <laughs> because the entire time I was like, oh, Brady's going to come back. Brady's going to come back. We're, we're so used to disappointment. We're so used to, we're so used to, you know, having our hopes built up and then having the glory just taken away from us. And because of that, I could not enjoy anything but the last minute and a half or so of that game, especially when it got to the point where Brady threw that on fourth down and, and got the incomplete there. and essentially ended the game right there. I I I couldn't enjoy it. But I I am beyond ecstatic that they did win. This this gives me a lot of hope. Um definitely very surprising. We definitely had a very weird week of football, but I am very happy. But also very pissed. Have a good one. Twitter feed, Twitter feed, epitome of misery. Where was y'all at last week? Mystery. Yeah, you know what I am saying. Damn straight and go ahead and jump back on that bandwagon. After you were thrown off the boat, we couldn't float because you were sandbagging, hashtagging, S-O-L. Well, oh well, look at you now. You've never felt so well. Well... Welcome back. Forgive my lack of welcome, Max. I can't set them out if this is somewhere that you sell the mat. Forget it. But here we go. Let's move on. Let bygones be bygones, because the lions are back to break backs. Get your pride on. But if I ever see you back at that ledge, standing there and you stuck, don't jump. I'll come to you and push you over like LeGarrette Blunt. Don't fuck with Stafford.
I'm very proud of how my defense looked. Uh, even without Ziggy Johnson, we were able to pressure the quarterback and carry on Johnson. Oh, my God. Our O-line was putting in major holes for him. I was really worried Frank Ragnow was going to be a bust and carry on Johnson, too. But Frank was putting in work. He was bulldozing the, page, uh, the Patriots line. I'm pretty proud of how my team looked. And I'm drinking the Kool-Aid heavy. <laughs> Go Lions, FTP. Hey, guys. This is Brett. My son, Cameron. Hi. Uh, uh, I want to say hi, Chris Case, the Riz. We're on our way back from Detroit down to Dayton, Ohio, where we commute for my season tickets this year. But I got to tell you, that stadium was lit last night. That was so much fun. I never wanted it to end. Cameron, you have a good time? Oh, you bet I had a good time. What's that word? This is Mihir Magani from Fremont, California. This was an amazing victory last night. I emailed Chris as the game was about to start, and I stated that I had a really good feeling that we were going to win. Detroit has really good players with great character, and the coaching staff is smart. I think game one against the Jets was just a total system failure and a lot of bad luck. It probably had a lot to do with the 53-man roster not having enough prep time to play together and understand what needed to be done given the new coaching and the new thinking system of Patricia's football. I think people were right the objective about game one, but they were really wrong about predicting the rest of the season uh, as a failure. They forgot about the great human motivation to rise when down, and that is what the Lions did. They rose. When disasters happen as in game one, there is usually major introspection, and we could see some of the positives of that introspection coming out in game two against the 49ers. What we saw against the Patriots is what I think we can expect for most of the rest of the season. It was a great classic kind of game. It wasn't flashy with many huge video reel plays. It was a grinding sort of game with good basic football blocking and tackling. What I liked is that Lions won despite making mistakes, particularly in the third quarter when they had the interception and allowing the Patriots to score and come within three. But we didn't fold. We just kept grinding away. If our red zone offense was better, the score would have been even more lopsided. With the energy and confidence we have, I can see us taking this through the rest of the season. And with the losses of some of the other top teams, I think that there is a very real possibility that we could even win this division. That fact that we are able to get sacks and also hold offenses without Ziggy Ansah is a good sign because I just don't think we can count on him for the rest of the year. Overall, we are fairly healthy as well compared to many other teams. Just look at the Patriots and now Garoppolo. So when a team is so beaten down as the Lions were after game one, I think there was only one way to go, and that was up. Detroit underperformed in games one and two, performed better, but still underperformed in game three, and still has improvements to make. And I think as the Lions build on the run and defense success, it'll open up many more possibilities for Detroit. I don't think Detroit's best football has come yet. Detroit has risen. Andrew from Kalamazoo here again, talking about the game from Sunday night. Um, I just start out by saying, wow, what a difference this week was. It almost looked like we weren't watching the same team. Um, I thought the offense looked great to start. 
I mean, we had, um, well, first with the defense, you know, they, they held them to a three and out, which was phenomenal, I thought. I, I thought our defense was kind of poor the first two games, but they really stepped up and played well uh, last night. And then our offense, they had four first downs and a field goal on our first drive. I don't remember the last time the Lions didn't go three and out on their first opening drive. Um, after that, you know, the defense had another three and out. And then uh, our time of possession was just awesome in that game. I don't remember what it ended up being at the end, but we were just destroying them in that stat. I know you guys kind of feel like it's an overrated stat, but, you know, if they're if the Pats offense can't get the ball and we're moving the ball down the field, I think that's a really vital piece to our offense and our team. Um, you know, the Pats not having a first down until four minutes left in the first half, that's just amazing by our defense. Um, and then, you know, they, the Pats ended up getting that first down, but we held them to three and didn't give up a touchdown. So that was awesome too. Um, obviously, you know, Pats aren't as good as they may, may have used to be, but I'm going to take this win and go with it. You know, it, it was a great step forward. I thought, and we have a bad Dallas team next week. So hopefully we can make this a little bit of a streak here. And uh, I think we should handle Dallas if we play, like we did last night, I think we've got Dallas, no problem. Good morning, gentlemen. Tuesday, 825. Uh, Malcolm out here in uh, lovely West Michigan. A um, few thoughts to share today. Nice win, right? Feels good to see the team put it together. Um, I cannot recall, at least in the last couple of years, a complete Lions victory like that against uh, a decent opponent. So that was that was really encouraging. A couple A couple things that stood out for me. One, defensively, um, the ability just to keep Brady a little uncomfortable, even though we did not have the full um, pass rush that we would hope to have. Ziggy hasn't played a second game in a row, and I thought I thought they did pretty well, man, and that's just showing me something about the way that Patricia is kind of trying to scheme pressure and attack offensive line protections, et cetera. You know, had a couple really nice breakthroughs on tackle for losses against the run game. Um it felt like a couple of times we just knew what we were going to do on some of those perimeter runs and, you know, maybe turn it swire or one of the linebackers just shot through the gap really, really well. Um, I thought Davis played solid, too. Um, I was really expecting Gronk just to, like, lose his mind on us. And uh, I know Davis wasn't primarily on him, but the entire middle of the field in terms of what the Patriots like to get completions did not seem to be as available to them. And I'd like to think that Jared had, had something to do with that. Um, our offensive line um, – I can't remember ever seeing the Lions do that to anybody from a reestablishing the line of scrimmage perspective. I thought that was awesome. Uh, big shouts to Ragnow, the rookie. I was on him a little bit um, in our Lions Slack. And if, and if you're not in that Slack, make sure you donate to Patreon. It's a great, nuanced, and um, balanced conversation on game day. I think you'll enjoy it if you're like me. So, you know, big props to Ragnow. A line overall played really well. I mean, Decker did have one, what I felt like was a pretty poor sack that he gave up in terms of like uh, not even getting his hands on the guy. Stafford was carrying on a couple of play action fakes. He just let him get to him. But, you know, you allow some of that. Um, everybody's not perfect. Um, and then just finally, like, shots to big big, uh, big Jim Bob Cooter here. Um, called a great game. I know we've all been on him for a while, but he really put together a nice game plan to complement the defensive game plan. Um, didn't feel as predictable as normal. Didn't know exactly what was going to come as a fan, which was great. Um, 
stadium was full of energy. I was fortunate enough to be at the game, so really, really happy about that. Hopefully the Lions continue to build on this. I think it was a, a nice first start, and hopefully we'll wake up, um, you know, that team and also just kind of calm some of the fans down. I don't think Patricia's lost the locker room yet, Detroit beat writers, so maybe we can put that story on that. All right, guys, take care. All right, there's a couple of good calls there. Well, there's actually more than a couple. There's some some good points, some good calls, and um, I think – the biggest the biggest thing we can take away is the idea that the team played a very complete game, and it's probably one of the first complete games we've seen this team play in. I I, I don't know since Grandpappy Corncob was watching them back in when <laughs> <laughs> whatever that was. This was it. This is I mean, special teams is a little funny, but everything else. I mean, they put a complete game, both sides of the ball, the whole thing together. Right? This is this is something to write home about. It seemed like in the Caldwell era that most years we'd get, you know, one or two of those games where we're like, we walked away feeling very good about everything. Um, to have that come off the uh, situation we were in, and obviously we get into that, um, was a very good thing. And especially against a team like the Patriots. And you could say anything you want to say about the Patriots um, right now. And I understand, you know, they're not playing up to the caliber that the Patriots usually play to. But they're still the best coach team in the league. They still have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So there, there isn't anything to feel ashamed about, about uh, you know, uh, taking them to task for four quarters. Um, if, if the team had decided to be super aggressive the whole time, they probably would have had an opportunity to run the score up. It really, uh, you know, ridiculously, but that wasn't the game plan. And that hasn't been the game plan for a Jim Bob Cooter offense. And we'll get into Jim Bob Cooter and the, you know, the positive negatives, whatever there as well. Um, but, uh, this was like you said, I mean, it was complete. There, there weren't any major, major flaws. Let me ask you Uh second, second half. They came out there the third quarter, um, didn't do anything. Oh, I thought right we were going to lose. Yeah. Oh, I definitely thought we were going to lose. <laughs> when they scored a touchdown I, and and it, it got within a, a, a field goal, I thought I thought that the game was over. I thought the game was over. But it wasn't. That's the thing. And I, I I got that sense. There's a lot. I mean, look, it's it's the abused spouse. It's the kick dog. It's whatever analogy you want, right? You've you've felt those feelings so much. And I kept telling people in the Slack, I was like, enjoy it, man. Enjoy it. We are beating the New England freaking Patriots right now. We're beating them soundly. And even even with that one, it's like you you enjoy it. Don't think about giving it up. Don't think about giving it away. Don't get all nervous and cry it away. Enjoy it. It happens so few and so far between for this team to play on a on a big stage like that against a team like that and and just absolutely own them. You have to you have to live those moments, right, Case? I mean, even if you feel like it's coming, don't just let it. If it's if it's gonna flush. Let it flush when it flushes. Enjoy it while it's great. Enjoy it while it's great and savor in those moments. Well, as a fan or not, whether or not I felt like in that moment that things were slipping away, the team didn't. And that's what's the important part. They didn't let it slip away. They didn't give up. They didn't try to go, uh, you know, in in a completely different direction. Uh, They didn't, you know, give up on what they'd been doing. And that's, you know. Uh, they they gave up one touchdown in the second half, uh, and 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 that's it. 
That was and and, and, and that's yeah. the kind of performance that we need to see continually. No, granted, you know, like I said, the Patriots receivers are crap outside of Gronkowski until Edelman and Gordon hit the field. But um, but it's still once again, you're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback and maybe the best coach to ever, you know, coach the game. Well, and let's they talk about Gronkowski. <laughs> I got. I, uh, so in two leagues, I have Gronkowski and Brady. On my fantasy team, and I was, I was, I was absolutely fine. Had a rough week, did you? <laughs> I was absolutely fine with the outcome. I will never ever take fairy tale football over, right. over the real right. deal, right? That's that's yeah. just the, the way things yeah. are. But um, we shut Gronkowski down. Diggs put a big hit on him. I mean, it was it was just beautiful across the board how we played him, how we schemed against these guys, and then how we were able to adjust. I expected us to get just destroyed. Our front seven, Gronkowski, little little crossing routes from a tight end. That's that's the recipe for how many disaster. times have we been how how many times has a has a tight end just absolutely wrecked us? Um, now again, when you have the luxury of the weakness of the rest of their wide receiving core, you can double team a guy like Gronkowski as consistently as they were mm-hmm. and take advantage of that. But um, still, nonetheless, uh, they, Brady they, can get they, a ball in there. You know, a lot more than he did. He normally can get that ball in there and and, and be successful, no matter if you double team that guy or not. And they 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 just did not click. Wow. The few times that they did try to play zone coverage, that was when Gronkowski got the ball. Yep. Um. And and so. It teaches you a very if you, if you rewatch that game very specifically, watch the coverage on Gronk and see uh, when he, what the coverage was like when he did catch the passes he caught because he was almost wide open on several of the ones he did catch. Uh, whereas the rest of the game, he's just totally blanketed by two guys, um, and that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of adjustment. That's the kind of game plan that you have to play every specific team with and can't run into any game with the same game plan. Um, and, and and that's the kind of thing we were hoping to see out of Patricia. So to see, um, and I, I, you know, we'll get into Patricia too, but. Um, so to speak. Right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, get, lots, I, lots of <laughs> I do. <laughs> but, but, but the adjustment, the adjustment to the team we're playing this week uh, was obvious on the field. They, they did not play this game in the same way you would expect them to play every other game, um, especially in the way that like how many times did you see them blitz the quarterback? I, I don't know that I caught a single one. And against most teams, that's what you want to do. But under this circumstance, they did not feel that that was necessary. As long as they had Gronk covered, they felt confident in man coverage on the rest of their receivers, which was the smart thing to do clearly, as you can see from the result. And, and it paid off. Uh, to not have a ton of blitzes this next week against the Patri- uh, against the Cowboys. Excuse me. I would be surprised if they don't have a significant number of blitzers. Yeah. But, uh, it, hopefully, that's the smart thing to do when when that's the game. It, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like the Dallas offense may be very short of dimensions, like the uh the patriots were it feels- well in some ways except that they have a strong run game so you'd expect us to have to try to you know stack the box more. yeah well the thing is 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 you're playing the run instead of the tight end right 
Right. That's right. Where, that's where the the difference is. So no, that's the it's it's an interesting game. But so let's let's think about some some perceptions here after this game, right? We talked about it last week. I mean, we've been trying to we've been trying to help people. We've been trying to bring the therapy, right? If if we could, it'd be <laughs> you know like Oprah, Xanax for you, Xanax for you, Xanax for you. Everybody gets a Xanax. But I mean, we we talked about if we beat the Patriots. You talk about an absolute, you know, mental breakdown, schizophrenia set in the whole thing. I mean, people, people are flipping. Well, now they're trying to make excuses. Well, you know, the 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 Patriots weren't that great or whatever. But this team showed up and played, and they outplayed the Patriots, no questions asked. They put their will in many ways on the Patriots. The way they ran the ball uh, is is one of those things, and we'll talk about that here in, in real shortly. But they imposed their will on the New England Patriots, and and you you think about this now. You know, people were saying, "Yeah, those Jets lost a shitty team," and, and it's like, "Yeah, you don't. This is early. It's fool's gold. Early. Don't let it. Don't be fooled." What we're seeing is a team that's adjusting and that's believing in what they're doing. And uh, they're, they're 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 looking really good out there. Case this this was good. This is what the team needed. This is absolutely what the team progress and the fan is, base. And yeah, fan I mean, base needed. Uh, and progress is so important, and, and it, it it's almost. Uh, I almost feel like it's delusional right now to look at the progress we've made from week one and what happened to week one to week three and, and say that's where we are now, like for the rest of the year. Super because Bowl if this confirmed. is where we are for the rest of the year, exactly. <laughs> like we're not going to lose another game. And I don't think that's I don't, I don't think that's accurate. But at the same time, when you see progress like that, when you see uh, it, both sides of the ball, you know, uh, taking steps forward in terms of their uh you know, ability to do everything, everything. Um, there were still some issues with a few missed tackles. Um, and that's going to be an ongoing issue. That is going to be something that keeps us potentially out of the playoffs. Um, uh, don't, don't, you know, <laughs> good tackles by it's so funny. It's so funny because I come into this week, uh, everybody's thinking I'm a homer all of a sudden, uh, you know, after last week and I went on a rant about, you know, not freaking out about, and then, but I spent all off season being, you know, the, um, you know, the unrealistic, you know, uh, downer on things. But, uh, it, I still, would say that this looks like an eight and eight team. There are some problems and it won't surprise me if there are teams out there on our schedule who are able to take advantage of those problems better than their Patriots were this week. Uh, teams with higher talent levels than the Patriots have for, for starters. Um, but uh, again, you know, this kind of improvement that we've seen and this kind of, uh, you know, recognizing the faults that we've had, and making attempts to adjust them on a week-to-week basis is exactly the kind of thing that I wanted to see. Um, so, like, it, if if I get a little high after a win like this, you know, we're still one and two, which isn't a great record. But I I I want to get high after a win like this because I saw so many improvements um, in, in all the things that I was concerned about and. and I still see an eight and eight team is what I'm trying to say, but I see an eight and eight team with a lot of promise going forward. Mm. And, and that's the kind of promise that I want to keep seeing. And that's the kind of thing that carries you through um, it, it, <laughs> where all the talk about will Bob Quinn and, and uh, you know, Pat Patricia even make it through the season before they get fired <laughs> and throw that out the window. 
throw that out the window because yeah. that's that's not part of this equation right now. The equation is whether or not the guys can keep getting better. And they've shown uh, through from week one to week three that there are a lot of ways that they can get better yep. and that they, they can successfully get better. Now, though, now all they have to do is on a week to week basis show that uh, here, there, wherever on the team that something can get improved upon and uh, that, that, that they don't, you know, uh, um, continually embarrass themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they don't embarrass themselves again. You can't say continually because right. they can hold their right. head high after a nationally televised game like that. That was, that was great. So a lot of people out there loving the Lions now. You're probably one of them. You're back on the train. You're on the hype train. You want to go out and you want to do what? You, you, you want to go get yourself a jersey. You want to get yourself a Lions shirt, a hat. Maybe you're uh, riding the college train. You're, you're pretty happy with uh, Michigan's performance other than their Notre Dame game. Or you just still want to be Sparty on, support your Sparty guy. It doesn't matter. Red Wings, Pistons, wherever you're at, there's one way to support your team. And that's at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Hit that shop link and head over to Fanatics. Fanatics has all the stuff you want. When you're down, you can get your toasters. When you're up, you can get your jerseys and everything in between. There's a great way to do that. If you do it through DetroitLionsPodcast.com, they give us a little kickback. They say, hey, thanks, guys, for sending people over to our wonderful store with all the officially licensed merchandise with a great deal. And they have great coupon codes going all the time, free shipping, the whole deal. You got yourself American Express. You can do Shop Runner, which gets you free shipping, free two-day shipping on that stuff, as a matter of fact. Uh, great deal. So head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, hit that shop link, and then go to town and pick up all of your favorite sporting gear. Um, great way to support the show by doing something you're going to do anyway, and you can walk around and show off your swag, knowing you help the guys who, the guys you love, the guys you know and love and who tickle your ears at least once a week. So, all right. Talking about tickling stuff, Theo Riddick. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that one. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's all right. We'll, we'll make it work. Um, here's the thing. Every time Theo Riddick gets on the field on third down, I immediately freak the fuck out. Yeah, you like, get mad. You get really um, mad. But, but, but here's what happened this last week. They reduced his usage, significantly reduced his usage in the game. And so when he did come in, he was more effective. Shocking. <laughs> um, over, the last, over the last three seasons, they they'd continually increased his usage. And it, as they used him more and more frequently and more and more frequently percentage-wise, his effectiveness continued to go down. The the number of yards he gained per route, uh, things like things like in the Jets game week one when the interception happened, when they totally read exactly where the ball was going uh, to Riddick, um, that kind of thing happened. This week, they didn't use him a lot, but they used him a little, and it was very effective. And that's what Theo Riddick should be doing. I I I. I mm. Everybody thinks I hate Theo Riddick. I don't hate Theo Riddick. I just hated the way he was being used. And all of a sudden, they figured it out again. They figured out, you know, okay, so you can use him on third downs as long as you aren't using him on every single freaking third down. And as long as you aren't using him in every, you know, second and long situation, you can still use him. Yeah. And I, I me, love that they figured that out this week. Let me ask I you love something. That they 
let me ask you something about Theo and what your thoughts are. And this maybe is something we'll track throughout the, the season and kind of maybe have a Theo watch. There was, I remember you guys were arguing with me when we first signed him that he wasn't expensive. He was worth what we signed him for. And then later on, you guys were like, we're spending too much money on Theo. <laughs> Uh, where's your head at now with how he performed this week? If we use him like that, I don't remember now, ever saying that I agreed with how much we paid him. Oh yeah, yeah, well, I remember very, very clearly. Uh, you felt like <laughs> I would like you to find that because I don't believe you. All right, go look up. You find the date when we signed him, and we'll go back in uh, the next show. I'll I'll replay it for you. <laughs> I, I I felt for a long time that he's overpaid, but um, but I, I mean, if, if this was the kind of situation that we can use him in. Uh, you know, a minimal situation where teams are, are, you know, looking for are not expecting him to be on the field all the time. Then they can't game plan for him to be on the field all the time. They can't right. predict every single play that he's going to be in on. Then you can get away with using him as a third down back. And that's, and that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Is that what we did differently? Because there were a couple of plays or is one where the, the Patriots yelled toss, toss, and it was a toss and they were able to stuff the play. Um, stuff like that, rather than hand signals or whatever, it's the game plan where Theo's in there third down. We know what they're going to do because they do it every damn time. Is that what we're talking about when we hear other teams tell us they know what plays we're going to run before we run them? Uh, that, that is a really good question. And the answer to that I think is more complicated than fans, you know, because I think a lot of fans have heard that again this week, that there was one play where the Patriots defense called the Lions play before they ran it. Um, and actually I think that play turned out to be a success. Um, so I, I don't think it's the same thing that happened against the Jets because I think what happened against the Jets was like a, a whole systematic like they understood everything we were doing kind of situation. And I think that was on Cooter. I think there was a issue with oversimplifying everything or, or, or not changing their cadences, not changing their calls. Um, and, and so that everything the jets saw on film presented itself very easily in the game. I don't think that was the issue against the Patriots. I know that we all heard about one play where the Patriots defense called the play before it happened. Although I think that play turned into a success Anyway, um, I, th I think what happened against the Patriots was a pretty normal thing. I think we're just a little bit over overly touchy about it. So if we hear about it happening once in a game, we automatically assume that it's it's the same issue that happened against the Jets. Obviously, if it had been the same issue that happened against the Jets, we'd had another four interceptions. So. Are you saying we're overly sensitive, so we go off too early? Um, possibly. Right, let's move into carry on. <laughs> Carry on's game, it was horrible. It was the worst running back performance I've seen in what is it, five years from the Lions since Reggie Bush had his horrible performance. 2013, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. 101 yards. Very, very nice. It's about time. I, I, we'll talk about the offensive line a little later with uh, Riz, but boy, they did a great job out there. But Carry on, boy, this guy is awesome. I just fucking love that they pulled him from the game after he got 101 yards. Like <laughs> it was such, it was so obvious exactly what happened. Like he got 101 yards. Everyone's freaking out. Uh, Riddick and Blunt are both like dancing with him on the sideline. It's, it's, you know, everybody's celebrating. They're not going to put him back in and risk a loss of yardage on that, especially when the game is more or less put away. Um, as much as I don't feel like the team owes fans anything but a win, it it's okay to you know to 
give a little deference to the fans in a situation like that. You know, we finally get a monkey off our back that's that's been going on for that long. Uh, it's okay if the team wants to just you know let that happen and not you know they they could they could maybe put carry on back in if they were if they were trying for a, you know, a massive kill shot and had the game gotten close again, I have no doubt in my mind that they would have brought him back in in again. But mm-hmm. at, at that point in time, there was no there was no good reason to risk that you know record for you know the yep. make of. You know, no, no, I, I I agree 100. It was it was fine, and um, there's a couple of things to be said about that. Number one, I love I love his running style. The patience that he shows is 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 beautiful. It's just masterful, and he's he is so smooth the way he runs and cuts and moves. It's it's really oh, something I want to, to talk behold. About that um, go ahead, you can talk about it. I need oh no, anyway. no! It's just um, <laughs> you you know the guy the guy we have him to compare against uh, right now in terms of uh, starting running backs is Amir Abdullah. Yep, and I I loved a lot of things Amir Abdullah was able to do when healthy, one hundred percent. Are we going to talk about that lateral cut we were talking about in the Slack? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> the, he it, what what Carryon Johnson uh, does. Uh, that Amir Abdullah was never able to do very well is is balance, and and I think that's a super underrated trait for running backs. It's uh, on Barry head. It, absolutely, I mean a hundred percent. But uh, like Abdullah had the agility of a Barry Sanders, but he did not have the balance of a Barry Sanders. Yep, exactly. um, now I'm not saying Carryon Johnson has the agility. He definitely doesn't have the agility of a Barry Sanders, but he certainly has the balance. You know what I mean? Um, uh, if, if you watch Amir Abdullah, a lot of, even on a lot of his highlights, you can see him trip up and slow down because either his jump cut over overdid it for himself. Like he overcommitted to the jump cut and just Mm -hmm. couldn't like land it and keep going. Like he slipped on the turf or, or even if he got like, even if he got a full head of steam, sometimes he'd get his feet would get ahead of himself and he'd slip up and, and and he could have turned, you know, what ended up into a 10 yard run into a, like a, a a touchdown run. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, but he had a tendency to do that a lot. Can Carry I make on a comparison? Johnson. I've never seen Carry on Johnson so far. It's a, he, in his young career, and yes, you can. But give me a sec. Uh, <laughs> no, no, well, let me just do it really quick. It's because it's it's directly related to what you're saying about Abdullah, and I think it it holds true for another player right now. But on the other side of the ball, a um, lot of speed, a lot of skill, but that body control, par- partially balanced, partially throwing himself too far. Uh, Jared Davis. He blows himself past where he needs to be, and he can't control himself to stop or recover. And that's a little bit of what we see with uh, with Abdullah. He's got this amazing power, this amazing ability to jump cut, but boom, he blows himself out of the his his own ability to balance himself because he just goes so far so fast. I think it's it it it's a similar that thing may that may be a really good comparison. That may be a really good comparison. I'd have to really look at the two of them to see if that's you know. Uh, um, but you might be you might be onto something there. That might be a similar issue going on. You know, and I'm definitely and, and maybe maybe an issue may, <laughs> maybe an issue uh, once again. Like I say, uh, something that. Um, is underrated because Amir Abdullah, that, that's not something people have talked about a lot, was that he uh, struggled to keep his feet under him at times. Mm-hmm. But to me, that was one of the bigger issues he had. Much like with Ebron, uh, it, people didn't tend to talk a lot about uh, his ability to 
withstand blows uh, and keep going. His inability. And, but that, to me, that right, exactly. That to me, that was maybe his biggest issue as a receiver. And, and it, to me, it, those, those may be on the same wavelength. Those things, Jared Davis, uh, Amir Abdullah, Eric Ebron. Um, now, Jared Davis didn't have a bad game. I certainly, uh, he was not noticeable. But, um, but again, back to carry on. It was just like the balance you saw out of him. Not only does he make cuts hard, he makes cuts hard, especially when, when, when you're talking about going up the middle, you don't see a lot of guys make the kind of like like change of direction to go up the middle type stuff that he was right. making, which I love. He loved. cuts back to the middle oh. often. I'm like, well, he could have blown it outside, so and he's right back up in there. Yeah, it was oh, really okay. something to see. Really something to see. And and he's slippery when he's but there. He, the he, cuts yeah, are – he, he was pushing off tackles, like mm-hmm. easy tackles, uh, yep. you know, and that's that's what I want to see out of a running back. I want to see a guy who isn't going to get taken down the first time he gets hit. Like Sony Michelle was. Like Sony Michelle was. Like he, he went <laughs> Which was my big concern about over. Sony Michelle. I always thought Sony Michelle was maybe the most overrated back in the draft, and now that may not and, and, uh, end up being true because he's healthier than some of the other guys. Uh, Darius Geis being, you know, obviously the yeah. <laughs> issue, but he, um, but I mean, I'm just, I'm still not like I, I, I really do, do not like trading up in the second round. Uh, but at the same time, uh, Carry On Johnson has done everything so far in my mind to earn what where he got. Taken. Wait a minute, he, though. What happened to fire them all? Fire the coaches. Fire the GM. He can't hit crap on a draft. What happened to this? Are you talking about something I said? No, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm making fun of the people that were saying that like crazy. Oh, All okay. of a sudden, they're really quiet. But uh, let's let's take that a little bit. Let's yeah, talk about <laughs> the perception of the locker room, right? There's this there's this narrative, and and fans have been on that that kind of place. Fire them all, right? The whole like overreaction to the fool's gold of the first few weeks. And uh, they've been, they've just been like, you know, we've, we've, we've got one that's, I mean, this one still rides with me. You need to stop eating those Twinkies and get this team ready. Stop eating the Twinkies, Matt. Right. I mean, he was so mad at him, but it's like, (laughs) it's like, man, just, just chill. It's all right. It's all going to be fine. R-E-L-A-X. I hate to do that, but boy, there's something to that. And here we go. We beat the damn Patriots. And um, the idea that, you know, fans are ready to hang people and tell people they should be fired. The team, the coaches lost the team all the way back at training. Did you see that? They had to run. Oh, that'll do it. That'll kill a team. And then you turn around and you see that locker room celebration and how the boys reacted after this game. And uh, it kind of gives you something, kind of a completely different look at what's going on, doesn't it? And, and I think the guy who got shit on more than anyone else uh, believe it or not, despite, you know, Matt Patricia getting, you know, a, a full earful was Jim Bob Cooter. And um, Bob Quinn, I've, I heard a lot of Bob Quinn shit, but. Yeah, oh, Bob yeah. Cooter oh, yeah. Bad. Oh, yeah. Totally. 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 I won't argue with that at all. But Jim Bob Cooters seemed to get, you know, the whole, whole brunt of everything that was going on week one and week two. And it's not that I don't understand. I do understand. Um, he has not produced a good run game, uh, despite, you know, uh, the best efforts of the, of, you know, the staff to put guys around him. They did this week. No, so 
They all performed. (laughs) They all performed from Bob Quinn to Rod Wood to Matt Patricia, Matthew Stafford, the offensive line, the running backs, even the front seven did a fine job. The second, it's like, holy cow, everybody played the game this week. A couple of special teams mistakes. That's still a nail biter every time we kick that damn ball. But, um, Uh, well, I want to get into that too. but. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, but I mean, like, Okay, so Bob Quinn didn't call a, a very good game week one. I'm not going to try to pretend otherwise. Week two, it was a pretty solid game. I know they lost, and I know that, but, but if Stafford, and, and I mean, I, everybody knows I, I love Stafford, so like take this with whatever, you know, uh, a grain of salt you need to. But if Stafford hadn't missed on 40 passes, they'd have blown the 49ers out. Um, and I, like, it, it makes me wonder exactly. It, okay. So again, I'm not saying Jim Bob Cooter is the best offensive coordinator in the league. And I do hold him accountable for some of the run issues we've had in the past, but I'm also willing to give him a chance. We should give him, Caldwell. give the man a chance we should have kept Caldwell. to take the personnel, <laughs> bring back Joe Lombardi a chance. Take to take the offensive line he has now and the running backs he has now. Give him give him a minute to figure it out. <laughs> and, and I don't know if this week was him figuring it out or if this week was a fluke. <laughs> I don't know. Well, this was I, I'm not to- trying to pretend that I know exactly exactly what this week means. I'm not trying to overstate the issue. I mean, hopefully this week was you know the ushering in of the golden age of Jim Bob Cooter as a run, as a as a you know a running you know a, a god. But <laughs> this week was what we expected from this team. It was an, well, and, and we went into this game thinking we, we've got to outscore them. That, that's that's the key to the game. This is going to be an offensive shootout, and all we need is like one or two stops from the defense. We just got to outscore them. We'll be okay, right? And what was it? Our defense stood tall. Well, why? Because we held onto the ball so long. We 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 held oh onto the God. ball. We ran the ball. We ground out a game. It was like 1975 down there watching us just chew and chew and chew away at the very soul of those Patriots players. And then they'd get the ball three and out. Our defense did its job. And and this is part of the plan. And this is this explains a little bit why we were always doing the take the play clock down to five and chewing us up as much time as we can, because every second that runs there is second that that defense gets to rest. We know that that defense is not our strong point, but the less they're on the field and the more fresh they are when they're on the field, the better they're going to do. And they showed they can do the job. Just, just, just don't put them on the field for fifty-two minutes a game. I have to give you guys a little amusing anecdote here. Um, uh, I've been dating a girl for a couple months now, and she's a Patriots fan. She is from New England, so she's not a bandwagoner, um, but she is from New England, um, and she is a Patriots fan. And I watched the game with her at her place. You guys see how Sunday desperate night. this kid is? Come on, ladies. <laughs> Send this poor boy some pictures. Go ahead. Right, right, please. Um, but, but uh, God, she was so fucking annoyed with <laughs> Stafford and the the length of the cadences before he snapped the ball on every single snap. She oh, <laughs> every single time he snapped the ball, there was it was down to like two seconds on the play clock, and she just was livid. That he was taking that long, like, <laughs> I, and I'm sitting there like, well, yeah, that that's pretty much what I expect. But 
Um, <laughs> I'll tell you this. After the game, I went home immediately. I did not spend the night. So, ooh. So, like I said, ladies, send those pictures. Cases, cases, having a tough time again. <laughs> but no, I, I just she was so upset about how long he was taking on every play, pre-play, and I just thought to myself, you know, okay, I'm I'm used to this now after a few years. I used to, be but upset if you're too. not used to that, that <laughs> right? Exactly. That's a weird thing to see a to see a quarterback like. A, and I told her, you know, he's doing his best Peyton Manning impression. Of course, that didn't make her feel any better about the situation, but. Um, <laughs> That on purpose. See, guys, this is why Case has a hard time with relationships. <laughs> this is it in a nutshell. <laughs> Talk about therapy opening up. Jeez, oh man. <laughs> well, I don't feel bad about that at all. So. <laughs> Again, no, here we go. No he keeps reinforcing this whole narrative that we've started. <laughs> no, but it's it's funny because finally it worked, right? Finally, they had he had an offensive line and running backs were that were that we're doing the things that we expect him to do to make that effective, right? And that's it's part of the Riddick on third down concept as well. We're going to do the same thing every time and not change anything up. Well, then everybody knows what you're doing. And the idea of running the clock down every time and not going to a hurry up, not changing it up in any way while you're getting blown out, it, it just doesn't, you know, it didn't work, but we kept doing the same thing over and over. My hope is, my biggest hope is, looking at Jim Bob Cooter, that this week he learned that, wow, if I if I shake things up a little, the things that I know work actually start working again and are more effective. Right. Absolutely. All right. So... You think about that. You guys may notice this show that the audio isn't as great. I'm I'm traveling. I I brought some equipment with me. I don't bring the normal studio stuff though because there's this was way too much. But um, so here I am in this 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 place of St. Louis. Not a Rams fan in sight. Evidently, they took out all the internet here and they uh, they put in donkey net. So uh, you know the audio is what it is this week. But we had to get together. Had to get a show to you. I'm traveling again next week, but I'll be on an island. And you'll hear us, you'll, you'll be able to see it's a lot better. But uh, why do I bring that up? Well, you guys can help us run our own fiber cable whenever I travel by just going to Amazon. But don't no, don't don't go to Amazon. Go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com when you think of going to Amazon. And use the link to Amazon from there. Everything you buy, we get a little kickback. It helps pay for the show. Helps us get better internet than, and better places to stay and better equipment for the mobile shows and all that stuff. Helps us do what we do and do it better for you guys and make you know makes your experience better. And, uh, you know, you're, you're going to Amazon anyway. That's where you're buying your stuff. Just stop off at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that link and buy your stuff. And, and then while you're rocking those new earbuds, you're saying, wow, these guys sound good. And you know what? I was a part of that. How about that? DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Anytime you think of going to Amazon, head on over and uh, click through there. And uh, we get that kickback. And you help us out by doing something you were going to do anyway. All right, we'll move on. Let's talk about... This massive, unstoppable pass rush that we saw in this New England game. Holy <laughs> cow. It was like a, a jailbreak every play. What? How is any team going to be able to handle this this front four, this front seven? Well, I, <laughs> I mean, obviously we're joking because there was no pass rush at all. It was it was pathetic. And I, I, I don't mean that in a in as negative a way as it sounds. Uh, it was just that literally I don't remember a single play in the whole game where Brady was under pressure within the first, you know, three seconds, uh, 
three seconds. <laughs> um, the only sacks we had in the game, and I the credit what to we Eli Harold. Uh, the only sacks. Sacks. Oh, okay, okay. Have you heard that word before? Sacks. <laughs> no, no. The way you said it, it sounded like you were back talking about your girlfriend. Oh, okay. okay go ahead. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you'd ever heard the word sacks before. I don't know if we'd ever had one before. Yeah, but, Bill Clinton used um, to play one. <laughs> but um, Eli Harold had one or two. Uh, I, I'd have to check the box score. Um, and there were maybe one or two others. Every single sack we had in that game, every single pressure we had on the quarterback in that game came on coverage. But look at how, I mean, Ziggy just was killing him out there, right? And he was out. And, uh, I mean, it, it's important. It's important. It is really important. And, and it emphasizes the importance of the player, Ziggy Ansah. Um, even if he isn't elite and, and you and I, we, we've talked about him so much. Um, but, uh, it, it, it definitely raises the issue. Um, the other issue of course being, like I said earlier, I don't, I don't remember a single blitz happening this entire game. Now that worked, that worked for this game and I'm okay with that, but uh, it does raise questions about uh, how effective will the blitzing be and how effective will the pass rushing be against teams uh, where that's more necessary. But no way. And this minute. next, we we did have pressure. We did have sacks. Yeah. What are you telling me? Those those guys up front were doing it. How how did they get all the pressure? How did they get those sacks? Oh God, our secondary was locking guys down. Like yeah, crazy. And I mean, but, but I mean, but I mean, you're, you're also talking about, again, you're talking about a lot of double teams on Gronkowski. You're talking about a very weak. Philip Dorsett is their best wide receiver. Uh, so, I mean, we're not going to face that kind of weakness in that, in that kind of uh, well, receiving core. You think week, about so. when you're scheming against a team, right? Two, three players. We generally. might be facing yeah. a similar weakness next week, though. Exactly. Right. And that's that's the thing. Many teams, not all teams, right? But many teams have two to three uh, players that you really kind of have to have to worry about. For for the Patriots, it was two guys, right? It, it was it was Gronk was the one that was giving us a hard time. We double teamed and we put Slay on the deep boy, and we were good. Right, you look at it, the the difference on uh, on Dallas is okay. We need two guys on on Zeke instead of Gronk, right? Instead of covering a tight end, we got to spy a, a running back or something. I just I I feel like it's it's you're scheming for two guys mainly, and you make them beat you with the guys that wouldn't play as a fourth wide receiver on on our team, and all of a sudden you your defense looks better than it maybe is. And it's all about the scheme. It's all about covering the right guys and making them beat you with guys that maybe don't have the talent to do that. Because all of a sudden, right, you, you you put Nevin Lawson out there and he's looking good because he's covering a fourth, you know, a, a, a WR4. And uh, that works. That's that's how to put your defense in a position to win. Yeah, I won't argue with that at all. So we'll see. It was good. I loved, and we talked about this before the the season uh, case a number of times. And I know you remember, and I'm 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 just you know I'm, I'm calling it to you, but I'm really calling it to everybody. This is a team who's you know often you you take the pressure off the secondary with a, a great front four front seven. Um, this team has taken the pressure off the front four or front seven with that secondary. And those guys have to perform. Tease was was ugly early. We'll see, you know, what happens there. But you got Nevin. Um, 
you got Slay out there. You got Diggs. Um, you know, you got your, you got your guys out there that in the secondary that's that's pretty darn strong and uh, able to help you out. And if um, Jared Davis looking good in coverage, all of a sudden, if, if if this is the way we 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 turn out, this is the way we wind up. I'm okay with it because we can scheme this. We can scheme this into just a different kind of defense. And then it goes back to Jim Bob Cooter in the offense. It's it's I, I, we've talked about this. We've talked about this for months, case. But this is a team that's going to outscore its opponents if it wins the game. And and I mean, it's it seems silly. Yeah, you just got to score more points than the other guy. But the, you know, people talk about defensive football. Defense wins games. That's not how this team is structured this year. That's not what this team is about. We have to score points to win games. No, I want to go back to Ziggy for just a second because um, it, 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 this uh, situation that we're in right now. Uh, without him and and how much we missed him uh, this this week, even though we had a win, uh, the lack of pressure we get from four guys, that is a problem. And uh, it, I understand, you know, it seems like the entire fan base and it's not that I, I'm, I disagree entirely or anything. It seems like the entire fan base is saying, OK, it's time to move on from Ziggy. Um, but given his age, given you know, the situation he's in and, and his injury history, he might actually be affordable next year. And, and, and I'm no, not saying I, I think that that's a good it, idea. Right? <laughs> well, 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 here's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's the best idea, but I am saying uh, that, that pass rusher is the number two most difficult position to fill on a team. And uh, if if we're able to fill him, uh, even if he only plays half the year, half the year we have an almost elite pass rusher. And if you can so if you can delegate it, it, through a free agency and maybe even the draft a player or two to get abo- above him, I'd feel right. a lot better it, about it. It all it all depends on the cost. It all depends. On what I'm saying to everyone right now is don't assume he's gone he might be gone and i'm not going to be like like totally forlorn if he is gone after this year right but but he might not be gone and and that might be a good thing if they can find a way to make him affordable it he he could play here another three or four years sure. and and you know be a be a you know uh seven eight nine games a year guy with you know six, seven, eight sacks and, and be an impressive player yeah. is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So don't, don't write that off as a possibility. Right. That's right. all I'm saying. The universe is still open. All right. Uh, we got another, another topic we want to talk about and some of the reactions to, to last week's show. Well, you're hearing the audio in this one. Now, what do you think about it? No, I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's there was a lot of great feedback there is some feedback people didn't like the show some of the um the rant up front kind of a thing was one that stood out for people i think a lot of that part of it came out of a misunderstanding of, of just who the people were that we were addressing and i know you had mentioned this case in a conversation we were having so let me just kind of toss the microphone over to you to articulate what you were thinking here well I'm not going to apologize for what I said last week because I feel like there were people out there. He's very sorry. Please, (laughs) please don't be mad at him. Go ahead. (laughs) I feel like there were people who need to hear what I had to say. Um, And and maybe that's delusions of that. That's delusions of grandeur uh, right in a nutshell there. And the not apologizing goes back to the relationship thing we talked about earlier. But go ahead. 
But no, I mean, I meant what I said and I said what I meant. And Dr. Seuss will back me up on that. And uh, <laughs> and so he's still available, ladies. <laughs> I do. I do understand where some of the criticism that we did get came from. I, I really do. And, and to all of you, any of you who, uh, you know, felt like I was talking to you, but it didn't ring true with what you feel about the team. I wasn't talking to you. Uh, and 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 I apologize if you thought I was because that wasn't my point. Uh, my and and the other the other issue, of course, is whether or not I'm you know I, I'm falling too far for uh, negativity trolls, and maybe I am. Maybe maybe I you know I get uh, you know overly invested in in things and uh, when when guys. Exactly. Um, maybe, you know, when guys, but, you know, I mod, I have to mod the, uh, you know, Detroit Lions subreddit. So I do see a lot of this shit and, and um, I see the percentages that I feel are, you know, uh, whether or not they're an accurate representation of the fan base as a whole or not, I don't know. But I, uh, but I, I see um, people come with a certain perspectives and and overwhelming perspectives sometimes and not uh give the you know patience or uh time for things like what we saw this week to develop um so i got upset the bullshit. I'm, I'm not so it's all good <laughs> <laughs> well done timing those together but uh, I, I'm not. I really am not. I'm not going to apologize for saying what I said because I, I really do feel that there were a lot of people out there who had who needed to hear what I had to say. But I also do understand why some people did not weren't feeling what I had to say. Well, it's the, the, one of the um, things is is when you get a microphone, you get a podcast, and an audience. You know, one of the things there's a relationship that builds. And we talked about this talked about this with a couple people at the at the party case. And it's funny, people know a whole lot about us. Right. Yeah. But we don't Which know. It's weird. We don't know anything about weird them. sometimes. Right, okay. Right. To everyone, everyone <laughs> listening to us, I don't know anything about you. You know more about my personal life than I would, than I, than most of my coworkers do. And any of my coworkers do. Maybe that's so, why we should be looking for the ladies. Anyway, so yeah, no, it's it's a very personal medium, and and we appreciate you know the folks that listen and and, and inviting us into their ears and, and and playing along, and just like anything, when you're when you're having that kind of conversation, when someone's talking to you, they can say things and it can be misconstrued, and and you know, it's it's easy to say if you were offended, I wasn't talking to you, but you really need to look sometimes at some of the things we say because we don't address the whole audience every time with things we're saying there if you were a naysayer you know who you are and, and and even then if you're if you're feeling unsure about the team after the jets game or even after the san francisco game right that's that's it's okay right that's part of fandom you can question like what's going on i mean is this right is and uh, you know I've, I've given my heart and soul to this team what, what's what's going on but there's other people out there that are abject trolls, and that's that's all. All they find is happiness in ensuring that other people who want to love this team are miserable. I've I've been, a and fan then there of this are some team. of those people who listen to this show too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I know, they exist I know. everywhere. Uh, exist hey guys, everywhere. thanks yeah. for listening to the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you could download <laughs> twice, please. we'd love the numbers. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I've been a fan of the team since before we drafted Billy Sims. Okay, um, and you know, Billy says, "Go Lions." 
but you, man. <laughs> it's uh, I'm ancients, but I've been through ups, downs, lefts, rights, uh, head hopes, dash, dreams, smash the whole thing. But I'm still here, and I'm still I still feel good about the team. Um, is the Ford's fault? No, people want to find something, want to blame something, and and it's easy to get cynical in a case like that. Sometimes it's best just to step back and take a breath. But uh, just know, I mean, the things in this Detroit Lions organization are different, and they they started getting really really different. Uh, when William Clay left, quote unquote left, and uh, bringing Bob Quinn in, Rod Wood, this is an organization that has changed significantly. And I think what you saw in this in the locker room to kind of go back to that conversation, um, and what you saw after this win was a cementing in in the minds of the players and the leadership and the ownership and the coaches that this change in culture works. And well, I don't know that. You're going to see a lot more of the the benefits of this going forward. It, this isn't the same old Lions. We've said that for a while. And a culture change, you know how long it took a culture change typically change, takes in an, an organization? It's five years. <laughs> five years, okay? Don't oh, worry. What about the Rams? But no, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. looking I'm sorry. everywhere I'm for it. Like, I'm in St. Louis and I can't it, find you know. them anywhere, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, people have a tendency to expect that change really fast. And, and, and I know that I'm making fun of that there. Um, but uh, it, but you mentioned the uh, locker room perception. I know that it was earlier in our, on our like doc talk about, it, but I'm not sure we like fully explored it. But if you watched the footage from after the game, it was so good to see the way the team was just like. Uh, it's clear that uh, Matt Patricia hasn't lost this locker room. And and if you needed any evidence of that, if you needed it because you didn't believe it otherwise, just watch the post game footage, please. Detroit Lions for yourself, yeah. for, for your heart, for your heart and your enjoyment. Please go find it. it it's on Reddit. It's on. It's on NFL.com. It's, it's everywhere. The, the post game footage and the the love for Matt Patricia was clear. So absolutely, that's, that that did that. That did my heart good, despite the fact that I wasn't a you know a disbeliever in that to begin with. It still did my heart good to see players react to him that way after a win. All right, let's move on. We got another another interesting one. We don't just do football. We we you know we're we're very wide in our our talent, and we need to let you guys know that the market right now. Um, Jim Cramer, he, he he said it on, on, on Mad Money. Toaster stocks are down. Sell, 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 right? <laughs> <laughs> so our guy, Peter Von Pan. You know, this is, I, I say that it's funny. This this is actually a really a really hilarious kind of story. I, I got to set it up a little bit though. From time to time, people send us stuff, and if you look at the contact link on our our website, there's an address there that where we're at and how to get in touch with us and all that. And um, I do have a football signed. I love you too, Kate from Zach center. <laughs> yeah. So um, people send us stuff from time to time and, and we appreciate it. It's great. I mean, I've gotten anything. I mean, Mike sent me some, some, some straws and clips. I use the clips actually on my, uh, on my microphone arm to hold my headphones in between shows and stuff. I mean, there's, we get all kinds of just great fun little stuff from people who like the show and just want to kind of, be kind and send us stuff that they think we like. And we really, really absolutely do appreciate that. Um, so again, during the off season that, you know, kind of pin that up, I guess <laughs> in the off season, Peter Von Panda 
who we've talked about a lot, um, he approached us and said, hey, I got this YouTube channel. It's pretty successful, but I'd love it if, you know, I'd sponsor you guys, give you, you know, a little bit of help and all that kind of stuff. If you, you, you help help plug my channel, let people know about it, help, you know, diversify my my, my watchers and my user base. So, yeah, sure. Hell yeah. It's, this is the kind of stuff we like. Well, actually, we said, let, let us see your channel first. <laughs> and then we, then we were into it. But it's it's one of those things, like we say all the time, we're not going to promote something we don't like. But so we did. We hooked up. And Pete, Peter's a fucking awesome guy. His his channel's hilarious. And so YouTube.com slash Peter Von Panda. Don't, don't miss it. Even if you just go for the, <laughs> the testimonials. He's got beautiful women saying things that are just absolutely hilarious. But um, so we've, we've got this relationship going. Peter's just a really, really cool guy. And and we're just every week we're checking out the new videos he's doing and laughing and having a good time with it and and it's just something that's that's a lot of fun. He does these great product reviews and he reviews anything. I mean anything you can think of. He's he's got a review on it. Well, he was like, hey, I want to hook you guys up with stuff. You mind if I send some stuff in? So yeah, 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 sure, that's great, man. Here's the, here's the addresses right there in site, whatever. <laughs> so with everything else going on. On Saturday of this last weekend, a package shows up from Peter Von Panda, and inside are, are two lions toasters. <laughs> <laughs> it's toaster time. It was absolutely hilarious. And then what happens? They they, they turn the tide, and wada boom, bada bing, here we go. And uh, the Lions get the big win. I think, at least mine, Casey, you can do whatever you want. I'm absolutely going to use mine as a prop on the live show when we're doing the video stuff. So, Oh, absolutely. Make sure to tune in for that. That'll be a lot of fun. But Peter Von Panda, YouTube.com slash Peter Von Panda. The guy is absolutely hilarious. Check out his product reviews. He's got great, great stuff. If Before you do our Amazon link, before anything else, before you go buy something, check out YouTube.com slash Peter Von Panda and uh, check his stuff out. You'll have a laugh and you'll get good information on stuff that you may look for in your daily life. So good stuff, Peter. Thank you so much, man. That was, that was awesome. So, all right, we'll move on from PVP and we'll talk about what's coming up we've got a week coming up here this one you know ahead of the season this one looked like a pretty tough game but i think the outlook's a hell of a lot different now case what are you thinking when we head down to jerry land or we're going to be facing those cowboys what do you think is going to happen down there what do you see so something happened in this last game for the cowboys that changes things significantly going forward uh and that is yet another injury to sean lee the linebacker big time uh, and and okay so I, I watched most of the game they had against seattle just today before we before we recorded and um sean lee was very important in what they were able to do on defense and they still weren't able to contain the weak offensive production of the seattle seahawks um that was it there there is a concern about the the Dallas pass rushers and so like that 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 is truly a concern so uh, it will be another game uh, where I think whether or not we can develop the run game early whether or not we can get blunt and carry on going uh, steadily in the first half is going to play a major role in the game um, but I with Sean Lee out and with their with the Dallas offense being as uh, pass offense, I should say, being as bad as it is, we should be able to stack fronts against them to try to slow down Ezekiel Elliott. And like I said, you know, uh, it, 
it seems like Matt Patricia understands the concept of playing every team differently. This will be a game where they'll 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 allow some uh, you know one on one situations to happen with our secondary just to prove that you know they can stop guys whilst that box to slow down you know one of the better running backs in the league in Ezekiel Elliott. Um, fortunately for us, the Dallas offensive line is not what he used to be. And it, Zeke you know, hasn't been the big performer this year. Well, and, and and again, I I would say that has a lot to do with the offensive line. Travis mm-hmm. Frederick is gone, and they're starting a rookie at uh, either left or right guard. I don't remember which one, um, but it's it's not the unit that you know dominated the league for a minute there. Right. Um. So they have some issues on offense, and uh, it would not surprise me if they were able to shut down runs. Uh, by stacking the box and first and second down and then came away with one or two interceptions uh, by by, you know, baiting Dak Prescott, a young quarterback who uh, clearly is struggling at the moment with a lack of weapons uh, into throwing, throwing up some ducks and, and get picked off. So um, believe me, after the Jets game this year and and I've never taken any game for granted. I've never taken any game for granted because I every game I walk into, I think there's a very good chance we'll lose I'll this game. I'll tell you game. one. I'll tell you but, one. The Chicago game. The one that you didn't want to do the show. Oh, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> that one, that, that was, it that, was almost, that was, at least as close as for granted as you ever taken a game in, that I've known. That was a tough one. That was a very tough one. <laughs> but I don't, take, I don't take very many games for granted. <laughs> and this is not a game I'm taking for granted. This is no. not a win I'm taking for granted. But there are so many ways that I think if this team does similar things that they did this last week in terms of game planning, in terms of uh, playing their their assets against against the opposing team's assets, uh, that we come out on top more often. So all of a sudden, um, it looks it looks pretty rosy. And again, a, a lot of that has to do with with some uh, freak stuff that happened this week. The Sean Lee injury really does take them down a notch oh, and opens up the opportunity for us to run the ball up the middle a lot better. Yep. Um, it, saw it, we saw it work this last week against the Patriots. Carrion Johnson can run the ball up the middle, and so can LeGarrette Blunt. And so it would not surprise me to see a heavy dose of them early and often, especially through the first half, as long as we don't end up down in the in the box score by a significant margin, those guys will get carries. It would surprise me if Carrion has a second consecutive 100-yard game. God, that sounds so old but <laughs> <laughs> let me let me let me push the story on a little bit more because the week after that we have an ailing packers team who have not been performing where people have thought they would be and it's gonna, i'm gonna have a lot to say about that next week and that's gonna be a home game and just, i'm not gonna predict anything yet we, we've got there's a whole other week of football to be played there's more you know more to be written on this thing but it is not out of the realm of possibility that we go into the bye week three and two it is not outside the realm of possibility. It is not. Absolutely. And, I mean, you think about that and what that means for for this team and, and, and where we've been from where we started the first two weeks. And I want to tell you guys something. I want to go back to something. We, we were talking about the running backs earlier, and we didn't touch too much on Blunt. But there's two pieces. One, since Blunt got kicked out of that game for standing up for Stafford, we've outscored our opponents 40 to 10. 
Not bad. Not bad. Um, not bad. It, it's one of those moments that is a little bit of a spark club. You saw when carry on got the hundred yards on the side of the road when Blunt and uh, Riddick were celebrating with him, right? Blunt's got this leadership it's that everything you want in a sideline God guy. Right. He is. <laughs> and, and now, now I'm going to back out a little bit and I'm going to tell you a little bit. Think about that first playoff game, that wild card round when the teams are there and they're, and they're, and they're playing that first week. We won't have to because we'll have a bye there. But anyway, think about that wild card <laughs> round. <laughs> and, and when they talk about the Cinderella story, when you talk about teams, you talk about every team, when the, the do your job year with, uh, with the Patriots, they lost in Kansas city. What did Bill Belichick said? He said, you know, they didn't give, up i saw a team that had it hard that still had it in them and i thought you know what we can do something with this and they came back and they won a super bowl right that's the kind of story that so far and we're only three games in but is being written and you're going to talk about the the highlights of the story right the arc of the story is is they started the season with just an, an embarrassing loss nationwide audience right humiliation it was horrible right the whole thing da 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 Game two, they come back. They should beat the, the, the 49ers, and they don't, but something happens. But Garrett Blunt, he reacts. He protects his quarterback. The team fires up, and we scored. I forget what the how many points, but it was a number to zero, right? <laughs> points we scored. I mean, it was 10 to zero, something at that point. Then we turn around, and now it's uh, it's 40 to 10 after that, and you've got this spark. You found a team that's found itself, that believes in its coaching and its system. And and again, I'm, I'm writing a story arc here. I'm, I'm doing the Hollywood version before the season's over and before it's ready to be written. But you can believe that story right now with this team. You can truly think about it and look at that and say, holy shit, something did change. The switch did flip and they found something and they've gelled somehow. And it's it, this is going to be a hell of a season to watch with this team. And for those people that gave up early, I feel sorry for you. I, I really, really do because this is a team – I told you, I've been watching since before Billy Sims. This is a team and this is a year that, boy, I feel really, really good about. Even if we were to go 8-8, eight and eight, there's a lot of really, really exciting football and organization building going on. This is going to be a clinic. I really, I'm making a, maybe it's a too bold prediction, but we are watching a clinic on how to build an organization, how to build leadership from the top down in an organization and to turn it around from a failure to something that's going to be good for a very, very long time. So we'll see how that goes and uh i took all that out of the, the, the talking about the the dallas game right <laughs> so i'm with you though that. a lot of that i'm right? with you though it might not happen overnight we might lose this week but that doesn't mean that i don't agree with the long-term strategy that's happening right now yep, yep absolutely. i do i do agree with the long-term strategy that's happening right now all right so a little one last one to talk about here we don't spend much time talking about the 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 sponsors of the show, but we've got to get one more in there. It's SeatGeek. If you're going to that uh, that Green Bay game, you're going to any Lions game, you're going to go see the Pistons, the Tigers. It doesn't matter. You want to go to a concert? There's some great shows going on. There's <laughs> The Detroit Cobras are here in St. Louis right now, and I've got to try to find a way to get to St. Louis tomorrow night to go see them because they're one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, all kinds of bands around all over the place, and uh, you can get those tickets. You don't mess around with Ticketmaster and their predatory pricing and, and bad business practices. No, don't do that. Head over to Detroit Lions Podcast. Go to SeatGeek. Pick your seat before someone else picks it for you. And uh, and go ahead and, and you say, I got a budget. This is how much I want to spend on my tickets. What's the best seats I can find? Yep, right there. That's where I want to seat. You buy them. You're done. You're good. It's a great way to go. All no counterfeit crap, none of the other stuff. It's always great stuff through SeatGeek. But go through DetroitLionsPodcast.com. They give us a little kickback, and uh, we'll see you over there. 
or getting our tickets for Thanksgiving and, and, and the rest of the games are going to the same way. Detroit Lions podcast at Seat Geek. All right. So we'll go through that. Let's talk about the schedule case. Um, we talked about the Dallas game and then we talked about the game against Green Bay at home and then it's a bye week. And then the real kind of NFC North grind start, doesn't it? Right. And the only thing I want to bring up before we get to the next uh, segment here is is just that the NFC uh, in general suffered a ton, a ton of injuries this week uh, to starters. Uh, the Saints lost uh, starting cornerback. The Bucks lost a starting safety. Um, the uh, uh, in the, in the division, I'll get into this later. Uh, players were lost. Uh, the obviously Jimmy Garoppolo and and here's here's one right. of these things Price like um, Jimmy respect. yeah exactly <laughs> it's um it, it pragmatically it sucks that Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt now as opposed to uh, you week know one. a week ago <laughs> um, <laughs> I, and and I say that More I know bit, I yeah. know I know how terrible that sounds I really do I know how terrible that sounds that's not my intent on this my intent this on is this why is why he's say, free ladies but for, but send, send your emails for, tweets <laughs> pictures he's, he's up for anything for the Lions chances at playoffs it sucks that he got hurt when he did because either he could have stayed healthy and probably won you know eight or nine games this year or uh, he could have gotten hurt before we played him and we could have beaten him. And But um, that that's, you know, it, it it is what it is. And you have to deal with that kind of stuff. So, um, it but the whole NFC was just trash this week. The the uh, Sean Lee going out for the Cowboys, like we mentioned, is going up next week. Um, if, if we came out of this last game as healthy as we did, and Ziggy Ansaw being the big question mark, but with not a major injury declaration on him, assuming that he'll play next week or at least play significant snaps through the year. Uh, we have uh, so far impressively missed the injury, especially with Slay coming back this week. So mm-hmm. that's all I wanted to say about the Lions' schedule for the whole year. It, 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 the more injuries there are in the NFC, the easier our schedule looks. And I know that's it. I really do. I really do promise that I understand how awful that sounds, but, but he means it anyway. Pragmatic. It's very, it's very true. If pragmatic. It with honey and I know how bad it's going to sound. That's what you're in for. <laughs> and, and there were, there were some injuries in the, in the AFC East as well. Yep. Uh, for the bills, uh, the jets and dolphins. So, yep. All right, with that and uh, Case's morbid curiosity, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's going to go and pull some parts off of a doll. But first, he's going to take us around the division. Don't fuck around. Yeah. Oh yeah, Case. That's beautiful. Chris, what? I got to ask you, What's up, uh, <laughs> who should I start with? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we we don't want to start at the top of the division now, do we? <laughs> well, but I mean, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, it, it, it's confusing not to start with the bears is, is all I'm saying. I know it um, is definitely out of, out of character it, for it us. Throws me, it throws me completely off. Um, but okay. Okay. Think of it this way. We started with the lions this week, so we can go on. All right. 
Well, actually, hey, let's start with the Packers. Okay. Um, That's nice to say. As, as I was just mentioning, uh, the uh, Packers are among the teams in the NFC who have suffered an injury loss. Uh, Muhammad, Muhammad Wilkerson, their starting defensive end, uh, is lost for the year with uh, season-ending surgery. Who took him out? Um, I I have no idea. He it was their own player, and I forget his name off the top of my head. And I was I was I wanted to mention it because Packers subreddit, Packers Twitter, Twitter was a light with this guy sucks so bad he can't hit anybody but his own players. <laughs> I assume it wasn't Clay Matthews, although no, Clay no. Matthews has been in the news plenty oh, lately. He is a penalty machine. He really needs to lay off, or they should just suspend him. Um, you, you know, I, I, I listen to Colin Coward on the radio a fair amount. Um, I disagree with a lot that he has to say, but he did go on a little bit of a tirade today talking about how, um, you know, we can't simultaneously talk about how much we want to see the uh, safety of the NFL improve and then buy into things like, uh, Clay Matthews complaining about, uh, the, the rushing passer you know, type stuff. And, 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 and I, I find myself in between the two things because it isn't that I don't understand where Clay Matthews is coming from, because that was a play like he, he's made plays that might have been legal, uh, previously. Uh, although frankly, I think he's a dirty as shit player. Let's, let's get it straight. Um, He's coming from a windy place, right? That's where he's always coming from. Right. Right. He, he, he has made a lot of questionable plays through his history that have not been called. Um, but at the same time, you know, it isn't that I don't understand because I do I do get that, you know, the rapid uh, shift in rules can disenfranchise players uh, who are used to playing the game a certain way. That's not something I, um, I, I have no sympathy for or anything like that because it is, you know, if you play the game a certain way and you feel like that's how you have to play the game if you want to win... And all of a sudden, they change how you have to play the game. I, I understand how that can be difficult. So um, don't get me wrong on that. But, if you're making uh, buggy whips and they suddenly start making cars, life gets difficult. He's especially at this point in his career where his physical attributes are declining and he may have to rely more on being uh, you know, shifty. Uh, it, it's starting to ring a little hollow for me, Clay. Um, yeah. Oh, he listens. Talk straight. Write to him. Talk to him now. <laughs> Tell him what you want him to hear. Uh, I think you're a dirty ass bitch, but. Uh, <laughs> of course, I'm 500 miles away in a direction you don't know, so I could say more if I wanted. <laughs> oh, I'm not that far away from really. Shh, shh, I'm protecting your identity. <laughs> I want to I want to no, get to episode dang. 200, friend. <laughs> um. But no, I, I mean, I mean, I, I, I do, you know, obviously uh, the, the, the Packers lost in a, in a embarrassing way to the Redskins. I think that's that is a very meaningful thing uh, for the rest of the year. It, 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 it shows that they are in a place that's not as good as they would want to be right now. Um, they are obviously a team who has come through that kind of situation more than once in the past. Whether or not they'll do it this year, I don't know. I'm not trying to. Ten that I know exactly what's going to happen with that team because to me they're one of the bigger mysteries right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I consider them a beatable team right now. Doesn't mean they'll be that way in in a, in a couple months. Traditionally, right they're now, not right. Traditionally, at the end of the year, they're less beatable. Be 
in two weeks when we face them, it will not be a shock if we beat them, which is a nice feeling. Yeah, <laughs> so, really good. Really good. Um, so I guess we'll go to the Vikings next, which once again, it feels weird that, that uh, that's the next team on our list. Um, <laughs> so out of sorts. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> uh, they really are uh, one of the most talented teams in the league. And they really did lose to one of the worst teams in the league in a big way, in a very big way, in a very big way. (laughs) And I know that most of our listeners know this, but I live in in Vikings territory. So I I was at work during the game. And of course, I'm listening to coworkers, you know, lament. And I just, I, I have not smiled more at a single day of work than I did. Day. Oh my it god! Was. I actually called a Patriots fan at work on Monday. He's like, "I got a meeting in five minutes." I'm like, "I just need thirty minutes. We're working on a project together." So he's like, "Fine, okay, call." He's like, "Yeah, well, what do you need, man?" And I'm like, "You guys lost to the Lions." <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much how my entire day on Sunday was up until I got off early to go watch the Lions game. Yeah. Um, oh man, the bro high five for sure to the Bills. That was that was we helped them. They helped us. It was an absolutely wonderful week. And and like I say, you know, the truth be told, again, I think that's probably a major fluke. I think that the that the Vikings will come storming back and probably win like three out of the next four games. Um, but at the same time, if if a team like that can expose you, it does mean that you are beatable. It it, it takes that sheen off of off of things that like you can't be touched. When someone hurdles uh, Anthony, well, Barr, they they, they can you be know. touched. <laughs> yeah, they can. They can be touched. <laughs> <laughs> Josh okay. Allen again. Hurling, this is this is not case Barr. <laughs> This is not t- case talking to potential lady friends. <laughs> the whole touch team means they could they could be beaten. Oh, wait, no. Watching, wait, never mind. <laughs> it's looking worse. <laughs> Watching Josh Allen take that hurdle over over Anthony Barr was a special, special, special oh, moment. God, uh, yeah. um, um, no, and, and, but but I mean, truthfully, like the one thing that, that I, you know, I think a lot of people predicted, myself included, was going to be a problem for them was their offensive line. And it was a major problem in that game. And, and we, you know, people like to downplay the importance of offensive lines, Mm -hmm. but last year I predicted that the giants would go to the super. uh, I actually, yeah, no, I predicted the line, the giants would go to the super bowl last year Mm -hmm. and they ended up with what? Three, four wins. How much? the, The number one reason for that, the main reason, the very main reason it had nothing to do with, uh, uh, their, uh, wide receiver. Um, OB, what's OBJ. his face? Getting hurt? OBJ. It was their offensive line. And it was the worst in the league last year. And if the Vikings are on that path where they have an offensive line that just cannot protect, cannot protect. No, I, I, think, I think you're off the rails here a little bit, Case. I mean, look, even though they didn't do well, how many touchdowns did Kirk Cousins throw last week? Too many. <laughs> they get six points. <laughs> oh, How much did oh. they pay for him? <laughs> well, it, it it wasn't a little bit. It was a lot of it. Oh, um, man. But but I mean, it was exactly. I you know we talked about it in the off season. We talked about their their offensive line, and despite the fact that Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Case Keenum is, he might not be better under duress than Case Keenum right, was in that system. Yeah. 
That that system being the hey, we're gonna let guys rush the quarterback. <laughs> no, no. Once again, it, it it still raises questions about whether or not we'll be able to beat the Vikings because can we get the pass rush on them to to make that a problem? I don't know. But we'll we have, have to wait and see. To stop their their vaunted defense, and then we right. get carry on. Gonna hurdle. He's gonna step on Anthony Barr's back on I the way down the field. So, all right, let's take it up the. Take it up. I don't think to the ever, Bears. Wow. Top of the division, Bears. Biscuit Not Boy is up there. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Who barely, barely beat the worst team in the league? Unbelievable. So. <laughs> Unbelievable. That was so that. the good news. <laughs> the good news for the Bears is that they came out of it largely uninjured. Um, they have not had to deal with a uh, difficult schedule so far. So I, you know, they, they can sit uh, at two and one and be pretty happy with it. I can't blame them for it uh, because they sit in a situation where the rest of the, where the rest of the division has not been playing up to uh, their, the level they should be uh, over the first three weeks. Obviously the lions played up their level this last week, uh, but needed the, Packers or Vikings did this last week. So I mean they can they they can be happy with where they are, but they have an they have potentially a top three defense, but nobody, nobody is making any mistake that their offense still sucks. And that comes down to Trubisky. And and every all the hype, all the hype that went into this offseason about the steps that Trubisky would make, none of that has showed up. Right, big run, none of it has showed up, and I I don't mean to be that way. Like like if if he was doing well and there was reason to be like optimistic about what he's doing, right? Like poor offensive performances, I'd say that. But no, he's just been bad. Yeah, that and, that, uh, that trade of theirs was a joke. It was it's still that it's still one of my favorite draft day. <laughs> Stinks. So even if they have a good season this year, and and what if what if they miraculously won the division this year, um, it still wouldn't mean anything long term. No, no, because they don't have, they don't have the quarterback of the future. At least at least right now, they don't have the quarterback. He, I'm not saying it's too early to say he'll never be. It's just not too early to say he isn't there right now. Right. Right. All right. All right. Well, that takes us around the division. That wraps up this week in Reddit. I, I, Case, you were mentioning, I heard some gurgling over there. Are you, you feeling okay, man? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Uh, I have to dip. Uh, my stomach is a little bit gurgling and, and jurgling and oh, whatever. No. Uh, so I'll let you talk to Riz. <laughs> <laughs> and good luck. Uh, and, and I will talk to you to you all again next week, hopefully after another win. And don't forget, there will be a post-game show. Go ahead and let it out there, Case. Are you ready to get schooled? It's time for Risden's Wisdom with the Riz, Jeff Risden. All right, we got the man, the man with the plan, the man that you all know who joins us every week, the guy we call almost a co-host. We might as well just call you a co-host, Riz. How are you doing, buddy? Glad to have you back. Thanks for joining I am happy to be here talking about a victory oh. and the beginning the beginning of a long win streak. It's it's a glorious day. It, it is. It's a glorious, very, every glorious. Time. 
<laughs> not playing freak out this time. Thank goodness. No, it's a very, very happy time. Uh, great to great to do this. You know, in case he had his issues again, he's off in the bathroom. So it's just you and me this time. But let's get into it. Let, let's talk All about right. that big win, dude. It was it was beautiful. I mean, the team played a complete game, didn't they? They did. You had offense. You had defense. You had kind of special teams. I mean, Prater was perfect anyways. There, there was a lot to really like about what you saw. And it's funny because Matt Patricia has talked about, you know, doing not not having the, the previous weeks bleed into it. And by God, he did it. There was none of the crap that we had seen in the first two weeks. He, whatever he did, he sold his team correctly on it. You know, the, 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 the Stafford was on. The run game was there. The pass rush was there. The run defense was much better. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned that the Patriots are terrible. Uh, I don't want to say that out loud. Did I say that out loud? I was, but I'll oh take man. it. I was, <laughs> I, we talked about it earlier and this, that, that was the point I was going to ask you about was, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, the, the Patriots didn't play good, but come on, man. No, they, they did not. They, they didn't, but they, they, you know, we either did the lions in week one. Right. They, they, they played like crap week one and, and across the board. And maybe the Patriots weren't pay, playing at Patriots kind of level or expected level. But we played great. Let's just straight up say we had a running we game, had a lot we had a passing to do with game. Why they, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had a lot to do with why they played poorly. There you go. Thank I, you. Thank I absolutely you. think that. Good, good, good. Because I just really didn't. I really hated the idea. And so, you know, it's out there. We'll, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit here about what people are saying about the team and, and what they're thinking about the team after this win. Patriots are getting a lot of the credit for the Lions winning. And, and, and I don't like that because I think the, the boys are in their win. But let's talk about what you saw. What else did you see on the field? Is there anything that really stood out about the team that, uh, oh, really, that, that really had your pants off? <laughs> the offensive line, specifically Frank Ragnow and Graham Glasgow, mm, were mm-hmm. fantastic. Yep, yep. Watching them bully people. I mean, they, they weren't just like effective. They were bullying the Patriots. <laughs> they were they Ragnow, if you if you watch the the broadcast and heard Chris Collins were Chris needed a couple of towels for Ragnow, which was <laughs> and, and he wound up making the the PFF all 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 team of the week or whatever it was, right? Um, with the, he was the highest graded left guard in the league last week. That's phenomenal for a rookie who had not played well. And I th- I like that they they asked him to do things that he's good at. And I think that was something that was a theme for the entire night for the entire team. But it really worked for the offensive line. They asked Rag now to go out and and go out find the middle linebacker and put him on his ass. <laughs> and he did that extraordinarily well. They asked Glasgow to turn the guy right in front of him. Keep, it doesn't matter which way you turn him. Just turn him one way or the other. Right. And and let Carrion and LeGarrett follow and, and pick their way behind that. They asked TJ Lang, come across the formation, pick off a guy on the backside, seal the backside Incredible. of the scene. Incredible. He was great at it. Yeah, yeah. And oh, he, it, was, and it was glorious. I was watching. He was getting up slow after a couple of plays. Like, like he was hurting. But when the play was on, he was on 100%. Play was over. I saw him asking for help. Asking for help up. Not just like, hey, you want to give me a hand? He, he, there was one time he was back. He was holding his knee a little bit. Um, he wasn't feeling great but boy he played like a superstar let's talk a little bit about decker there was a you know there was one obvious one where he, he got a penalty on <laughs> but um overall he didn't do he got worked badly. one other time too. yeah yeah he didn't no, do bad but he wasn't the superstar the rest of the guys were was he no and and you know what that i used to talk about how drops were the cost of doing business with calvin johnson mm-hmm. you're gonna have those two or three plays a week where taylor decker looks like he's never seen a football game before <laughs> it happens every week 
And and I, I think he knows it, and it, he doesn't know when it's going to come. Um, I can relate to it because I'm, I'm like that in volleyball. I, I always told my partners when you played with me, there's going to be one series of like 10 or 12 points where I'm completely worthless. And it looks like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to swim in a, you know, in, in a tank or something, but you get past it and you get out of your system and then you play the rest and it doesn't impact the rest of your game. And I thought he did a good job of compartmentalizing his really crappy plays. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't kill the team, which is, you know, nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and just hitting back to rag now. I mean, he, he absolutely looked great. I have to tell you, I'm, I might be eating a little bit of crow here because I really wanted to see him at center and thought he would be the guy at center and Glasgow would be the, the guy for guard. But you know, maybe these coaches know what they're doing better than I do. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and the thought process, I was with you. I, I think Ragno is a better center, but I also think that Graham Glasgow is a better center than he is left guard. And the difference between what he is at center and left guard is less dramatic than what Ragno is. So I think they, they, they put Glasgow where he's most effective and are relying on the versatility of, of Ragno to, to compensate and, and, by golly, it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we—I mean, we were talking about uh, the the silly snap that Glasgow has. Um, I call it silly, but it's just different, right? He he snaps it different than than everybody else. No snap exchange issues. It's just been the two of them side by side have been great. And I forget who it was. There was a quote there, and they they asked some somebody, and I and I need to give credit, and I apologize, but um, somebody had asked him about how you know Glasgow and Ragnow did, and, and, and it mentioned Lang and the rest of the line, and that's it, man. When everybody's playing like that. Even when Decker has a bad play, right? He, he he'll get burnt. He got burnt a little, and it was obvious. Okay, fine, we we get that. But if everybody's playing well, one guy can have a little bit of a mistake. One guy can have a little bit of an issue, and then you'll have carry on back there, ready to block. Who his blocking was was spectacular. Can I say spectacular? Is that an appropriate term for how carry on was blocking? Especially it it works for me. All right, all right. I just didn't want to go over I'm the time here. I mean, it. we're we're happy about I'll the game, it. right? <laughs> Don't want to get too much. We have to be happy. Oh, it was great. It was great. Gotta be happy about the team. But they look good. You're right. That, that offensive line looked different than any other offensive line we've had. And the end result was, of course, you know, knocking that monkey off the back about a hundred yard rusher and uh, getting the 101 yards for him. Blunt looked good out there. You know, Blunt, I I was I was a little bit lukewarm. I'm like, yeah, he's old. Maybe he doesn't have as much in the tank. Yeah, he's a short yardage-ish kind of guy. But maybe you look at his stats and maybe he isn't so great in that in that kind of role. But he 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 brings something to the locker room. He brings something to the team. Him celebrating him and Riddick on the side with carry on. That was something to behold. That that was a lot of fun. Uh, I think it's good for the team. And and you talk a little bit about. Patricia and the talk, and I saw you had an article about, you know, <laughs> about this at uh, Lions Wire today about, well, maybe they haven't lost the team, right? <laughs> you look at that locker room celebration afterwards yeah. and maybe maybe that was just a, a pile of, of garbage or, you know, the other side of it is, is maybe, you know, maybe we can we can say that was realish. People weren't feeling good about it, but a win always makes everything better. And, and this was a good win to help the guys look at that system and start buying in and believing. It really does. And I think the, the, the video that the, the Lions themselves produced that showed, you know, the, the, uh, the honest reaction when he first walked in yeah. and how, how happy the players were for him. And, and you know, the, Bob Quinn was there. Rod Wood was there. Uh, I thought that was phenomenal. It captured their honest reaction. 
And that was really cool to see that, you know, they were genuinely, sincerely happy for him. Rod it Wood, wasn't like the jump into Matt Patricia's arms. Right. I mean, absolutely. Genuine that shows you how sincere. important it was for yep. them to win that. Yep. That they knew they knew the gravity of the situation. And and by golly, they oh, it was great. You know, it, and in that the, moment. it was such a complete game. It was like one of those games where you never felt like they were going to lose control, even though it's the Patriots on the other side. And even though the Lions, have, the Lions. A, have not played well this year. Yeah, <laughs> it, there, there was none of the, the dreaded SOL. That was that was nowhere to be seen. Yeah. And, and Twitter's been quiet in that way. The whole, the whole thing. It's funny. Uh, uh, going back to Rod Wood. Um, the genuineness of his reaction and, and and thinking back to when he was hired and people were like, oh, my God, this is an old Ford family guy. Oh, no. Right. That was the fear. The, the oh, the SOL was exactly the mindset that people had when they when they talked about him getting hired. But here's a guy. He said, look, I don't know football. I'm staying away from football. Yet he knows he knows enough about football to know how big that was and to see the business end, his part, how he was able to contribute and to celebrate. Quinn was there. Um, uh, Matt, Patricia, um, Rod Wood, all of them in the team. And then Stafford given Patricia the game ball. That was just, that was a very, very genuine moment. That was a great moment. It's, and I'm going to, I told, I said this a little bit uh, uh, with, with case, but it, it really feels like this is that Cinderella story, that turning point. You know, back where right around where maybe Blunt did the the, the thing to give that spark uh, after that depressing for you know game one defeat, it feels like this term could team could really be making a turn. But that's kind of a fan perception, right? That's us sitting in Detroit. What what are you seeing <laughs> around the league? What are other people? I've seen a couple of things. Uh, Shannon Sharp, I, I wanted to slap him, but he'd probably slap back harder than I could slap him. So that's probably not a yeah. good idea. <laughs> yeah. You never want him to do a slap fight with a bitch like Shannon Sharp. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not a good idea. But uh, uh, there's he some, was, there's he was some definite some buzz shit. kills on it, you know, and, and Deion Sanders doesn't know what he's talking about. So I'm not too worried about what he says, but yeah. there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of the whole thing where the, the pictures look bad. The pictures look terrible. You know, that, that, yeah. that, that was Shannon's basic point on the post game that I watched on, on NFL network before I got sick of him and, and decided to watch something a little more fun with bubble guppies or something like that. <laughs> um, I, I was, I, I get that sen- sentiment though. And, and some of it is true. Um, the focus probably should be on the Patriots. They are the marquee team. They're the defending AFC champs. So I don't begrudge them for talking about, you know, they, they went into, they went into a, a team that was looked awful the first two weeks. We, we made no bones about it. They did not look good. And, and they got their butts kicked by that team. That's that probably should be the national focus. And I, I get that it's, it's frustrating, but it is what it is, you know, uh, but I, I've been on radio programs in one, two, three, four, five, six states. You, uh, including the, you, I am you verbal whore. I am. I, I, I all the name Tuesday is like radio day for me. <laughs> times. Um, but, but one of the things that I keep getting asked, um, and I got asked this, I was on in Springfield mass with the, where like the, the hosts were essentially holding a funeral for the Patriots and their playoff hopes because they lost one game to Detroit, um, which is a, an interesting way of how they look at it. But that's, and, but their thought was, you know, it is the, is the sentiment on Detroit, were we killing them too much? It tends to be what I've gotten from people around the country is, you know, did we, were we too quick to write off a team that was nine and seven the last two years and has Matthew Stafford and has Golden Tate? And you'd be surprised. Golden Tate is usually the first guy that gets mentioned when 
other when I'm on in places and they bring up the Lions, mm-hmm. it's either Stafford or Tate. It's not anybody else. It's always one of those two. Right. And I think it's. I think that says a lot about about how Golden Tate is perceived around the league and why he's so popular and so well liked. Um, that, but I, you know, the, and that's, and I, I've tried to say that, yes, the, the lions did not play well the first couple of weeks. I thought this had some advantageous matchups for Detroit with, with Patrick Chung out Their Safeties are garbage in new England. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, uh, the, the, the lions were, were beautiful in attacking it. The, the, the touchdown pass to Marvin Jones is a fantastic designed play for a team with crap safeties. Well, let's, uh, let, I loved it, but let's, I mean, let, let's look at this, right? Our defense isn't spectacular either. Right. And, and, and before this it's game, not. the narrative was that this is going to be an offensive shootout. This is, that's what it's going to be. And I'll tell you straight up, Tom Brady lost me two of my fantasy leagues and, and in both leagues, I had Gronk too. Right. Should have been, <laughs> should have been easy wins in both leagues. I think at one point before the game started, I had like an 83% chance of, of winning and I got destroyed because they didn't show up. And where was that offensive powerhouse? You're talking about Gronk against our front seven, our linebackers, our, our you know, our cover. There, it, he shouldn't have been a problem. We schemed with our, our defense oh, heck yeah, very we well to shut them down and leave them with their, you know, guys that would be the fourth or fifth option on other teams as far as they, their open had, wide receivers. They had they had three wide receivers active for the game. Remember how I told you that I was more worried about an Indonesian army invasion of Michigan than I was Josh Gordon in the game. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And everybody told me I was an idiot. Who's laughing now that Indonesian army ain't coming over the hill anytime soon. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. So that was good. Um, Josh Gordon may give them some spark. He's, he's, is he the new Randy Moss? Who knows? Who knows? But the one thing I know that'll change the perception around the league is winning, continue winning, right? The perception is, is exactly defined and the lions do it in prime time all the time. Like that Monday night game against the jets when they're up when they're supposed to be doing great and people are expecting great things out of them, they, they, they pull a game like they did against the jets. This, this game against the Patriots where they absolutely shut them down. This is, this is a sense of a change in tide. So um, the perception will change with more wins. And I think, I think, boy, if that team shows up and if they can scheme like that against the, the rest of the teams they play, that you know this this team has a has a good shot and a good look this year it does and and i'm i'm happy that the prior weeks didn't have any negative lingering impact on what the performance was yeah. they hadn't run the ball they were they were middle of the pack in running um a little on the low side on the attempts but you know the yards per attempt i think was 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 were they 19th or 20th going into the game yeah and carry on busted out the offensive line stuck with it they stuck with the run and what I liked was, and, and during the game, I actually complained about it. Why are we seeing LeGarrette Blunt so much? I think that, and, and I got tipped off to this from, from somebody that I talked to who was in Allen Park, was that Carrion likes to be fresh. And uh, they did a good job of managing him and keeping him fresh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Blunt was he, wearing the, uh, that line down. Let's be honest. He was, he was, he's, taking he's them. not he's a fun guy two, to tackle. No, he's taking two, three guys with him and he's making them work for it. So, I mean, he, he certainly helped and, and sticking with the run the way we did, we whipped their asses on that front, that front line for the, the defense for the, the Patriots. We beat them up and down the field. This was like old time football. You know what I mean? Where you controlled it. This wasn't the, we talked about this last week about controlling the clock and time of possession, but just 
by, you know, the few possessions you have, you run the play clock down to five and you artificially inflate that number, but it doesn't do any good. Um, this time we actually possessed the ball and we kept it out of Brady's hands and we did amazing, amazing things. We ran long drives and just ground the the Patriots down. It was great. It was absolutely great. So let's talk about carry on a little bit. Right. This is I've seen some 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 chatter. This is the time everyone's high. They want to get their carry on jersey, Riz. You know, you know how to do that, right? If you're gonna if you're looking at getting a carry on jersey, which I, I think you might be wanting which, to do. I, I, I would suggest it's a good one to get because I think he's gonna be a good player for a very long time in Detroit. God, he's so slippery. He's 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 um he doesn't have that that crazy lateral kind of cut, but he's greasy. He I don't know I don't know how else to explain it. He just flows like water between the cracks. It's it's amazing. But anyway, you want to go get your carry on jersey. You want to get any kind of Lions jersey, Lions gear. You got to go on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on that shop link, and it'll take you to Fanatics. It's the official. Uh, Lions merchandise, Lions retailer. They, they're the same guys that run the the Lions shop at Ford Field. I don't know if you know that, but it's Fanatics that runs that thing there. And um, you can get it from Detroit Lions Podcast. When you do it that way, when you come to Detroit Lions Podcast, they give us a kickback. You know, we're straight up about that. It doesn't cost you more, though, but they're like, hey, those guys are helping us out. And when you guys use us and go there, the kickbacks that we get back for them sometimes include... Gift cards like we gave away, uh, the hats we've given away, the gift cards we've given away, the stuff we gave away at the party. There's more of that coming for you folks. But keep keep going to Fanatics when you buy your stuff and do it from DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Support the show, and we will support you with every single giveaway that we get and that we can. And um, just a hint, you may be hearing a little bit about Stafford So Strong coming back again this year. All right. Ooh. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get all your Lions gear. Let's take a look ahead. Um, we got another team that's that's not feeling real good about themselves right now. Um, we're facing an, an offensive coordinator that we know who's uh, – I had a good conversation with Tony Ortiz on Twitter today and um, Mike O'Hara. And um, Tony's question oh, was – Oh, great guys. Oh, yeah. Great oh, guys. Great. And, and, and the class of the town kind of guys. You know what I mean? Yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the question came up genuinely. Who do you think it is? Do you think it's going to be Garrett or do you think it's going to be a line of hand thing? And, and O'Hara said, ah, I don't feel like that's going on. The The chitter chatter that I've heard is that everyone's pointing at line of hand. They are not happy with what's happening. It's great. When, you know, a couple of years ago when he had, you know, a, a rookie quarterback and a, a rookie running back, but it doesn't seem to be running so well anymore. Not like it used to. And uh, the word is, is his seat's kind of hot. Um, I think it's very hot. I, th- I don't I think that that's I think both of their seats are hot. But uh, Linehan's or he's 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 on the hot seat for sure, because one of the problems that they have their passing chart, if you look at it and it was out on Twitter Dak Prescott has attempted the fewest passes down the field. Some of that is a function of their wide receivers are crap. Right. They, right. If you thought New England's were bad, the, they don't have Chris Hogan. They, they don't. Have, I mean, their, their rookie, Michael Gallup, their third round pick is a good one. He's going to be good. He's got a chance to be their version of Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. But like last year, Galladay struggled as a third round rookie coming from a, a, a non-power five school. That's what that's where Gallup is. I mean, I, I do like the guy, and I think he's 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 somebody that that you're going to put Darius Slay on. Right. They don't have you know the Des Bryant thing. He hasn't been good in five years. Yeah, yeah. Don't blame he's Des. Gone. They've been bitching about yeah. him down there for 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 years, just like you said. And he's gone, and nobody's picked him up. That's all no, you need to know. Just like always. This, 
they miss uh, the apparent right winger Jason Witten uh, in the yep. booth. Yep. yep. Uh, they do not. They they do not have a pass catching tight end whatsoever. As bad as Detroit's are, theirs are not much better and might actually be playing worse. Which matches up well for us, right? Which it is does. <laughs> which it is really good does. For us. <laughs> and and especially since Jared Davis has apparently figured out in two weeks how to cover people. Uh, I, don't, I don't know incredible. what the hell happened. I, uh, Somebody waved the magic wand and gave him the ability to cover. I don't know where it came from. I'll take it. I hope it stayed. It was probably the po- the coaching we gave him from the podcast. I'm, I'm certain of it. That could <laughs> it be. Did, it I didn't mean, stick he, with Ebron, but <laughs> he, he still overruns way too many run plays. But you know, you can compensate for that if you can cover people. You can cover people. I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm I'm glad they found something that he's good at. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, their their offense is really it, it's almost entirely Ezekiel Elliott creating, making the first guy miss and then making the second guy miss. Mm-hmm. And they they do not have a vertical passing game at all. So that means that you can bring Quandre Diggs up. You can bring your safeties up. You can crowd the line with your linebackers as well. Make it an eight man box and dare Dak Prescott to throw over the top. He doesn't like to do that and he's not particularly good at it. It's it's a fantastic matchup for for the Lions defensive front with the sacks that we get from our linebackers. That's great because their offensive line is not as good as it used to be. They miss Travis Frederick in the middle quite a bit. Mm-hmm. The, there's a lot of reasons to be very, excuse me, very optimistic about what what you're seeing from Detroit's defense carrying over into this game. So let's let's talk about this then. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit. I don't want to look past the Cowboys, right? But we let's just say it's a good matchup and we have a good shot. Uh, in Dallas, okay, and, right. and we'll say that. After that, you have Green Bay, and then you have the bye, right? Now, just, people were talking about zero and five at the bye, <laughs> just just a couple days ago, and here we there are. There's no rudder on this fan base, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Now you're looking at Dallas as a, a chastity belt or balls out. That's one way or the other. Yep, yep. You look at Dallas, and and it's a it's a it's a realistic scenario where we could pull a win out. All of a sudden now you're, you're two and two and you look at green Bay and boy, the wheels have been falling off of that train here. Um, it, it could it be possible? We're three and two in the bye. Do, or what do you think about green Bay? Are, are, has green Bay just shown their, their bad side and, and the good side of green Bay is coming out. I know we'll talk more about it this week, but I just want to kind of preview a little you bit know, and get some, uh, some Kool-Aid flowing. <laughs> they are, they are definitely vulnerable and, uh, Rogers looking the way he did his loss of mobility Mm. and the way he hobbles after every snap is not encouraging for them. And if they are serious about their playoff aspirations, they should probably consider sitting him for a week or two. And I know they have no prayer of winning without him because Deshaun Kaiser is just, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, but, but it might be one of those where you take the two losses now to get your five wins later, rather than getting your, you know, two wins now and and losing all the rest of them later because you don't have Rodgers anymore. Right. I, I'm curious as to how they will weigh that. He is getting a little bit better play. Their their receivers look better, and they they did get Aaron Jones back, so they have decent weapons. Uh, very quietly, Brian Bulaga, their their fantastic right tackle, is not playing well. Their defense is not doing all that much. Other than Clay Matthews, Matthews is so penalties. dirty, getting those penalties for all the trash oh, he hits God. on the quarterback. <laughs> I tell you what, the the one this past week was a legitimate penalty. It's a uh, it's a cheesy call, but 
to the letter of the law, that one was a penalty. The one that he hit on Kirk Cousins, I don't get that at all. So that's like the, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, that should never be a penalty ever. <laughs> so this last week is kind of like the Quandre Diggs holding call in San Francisco to the letter of the law. It's right, but boy, why'd you call that in the game? Kind of a call. Yes, yes, exactly. That that's a very good way to put it for Lions fans because it's one of those. He did technically do what we saw in the instructional video that they showed us when we were at Lions camp. He he came down with his weight on the quarterback. And the irony is, is that the rule is essentially the Aaron Rodgers rule because he's had his collarbone snapped twice by <laughs> guys falling on him with that. Um, but that's. Yeah, no, no, it's. And, and, lie. and there they are, right? There's the, the, the it's that meme with, oh, fuck, what's his name? With the two buttons, right? <laughs> Protect the quarterback's collarbone or that Clay Matthews wasn't a penalty, right? It's like, oh boy, what button do right. I get? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very tough for Packers fans now. They're very conflicted on these things. Yeah. Uh, but I, so well, I, they're, they're confused because they're getting I'll penalties this, that I, they used to. <laughs> I think, yeah, no kidding. I think that the Lions, um, I, I picked preseason. I picked them to win that game. I also picked them to, pick, to win the Patriots game. I also picked them to win the Jets and 49ers game too. So maybe I'm maybe I'm a little optimistic on that. Uh, but I also did pick them to beat Dallas. And Dallas is, and, and another thing, Dallas without middle linebacker Sean Lee. Oh, that's big. He, that is big. He is the guy who, who's, aside from being their best tackler, he's the guy who sets everybody up on that defense. Yep. And if you know anything about the Dallas defense, you know that they have Rod Marinelli. You also know that they have a lot of guys who probably didn't put the student in student athlete is the diplomatic way to say it. <laughs> Sorry. I when they were in before. college. That's funny. <laughs> so I'm not too worried. About, they have, I mean, they have, they have some guys who can get off after the passer on the edge. But they are not good in the middle of the field. And without Sean Lee, they're really not good in the middle of the field. So this is a game if if you're ever going to bet on a Lions tight end to catch more than one pass in a game, this would be the week to do it. Mm. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited by the, the, the tail of the tape matchup. Looks really good for Detroit. Now, we are still three-point underdogs. And at one, a couple of online booking sites as of – what time was it? It's it's seven o'clock on Tuesday. I, I I wrote a thing at four o'clock this afternoon. One of the sites was actually up to three point five because a lot of money came in on Dallas. Another site went down to two point five because a lot of money went in on on Detroit. So they're sort of conflicted on this. Uh, if you believe in the Lions, this is a great week to put your money where your mouth is because uh, you're getting points for a, a game that the Lions probably should win. Now, having said that. Ezekiel Elliott is probably capable of running for 225 yards and five touchdowns. And it wouldn't shock me if that happened. It would suck, but he's really, really good. And he can also catch the ball to the backfield. And if there's ever a one-man offense, it reminds me, for you older folks, remember when Eric Dickerson was with the Rams? Yeah, I do. And he was all they had. Yeah. Well, they had they had. They had a couple of good, you know, Doug Smith and Jackie Slater at tackle were pretty darn good too. But uh, the, their ability to just run the ball all the time, when you knew the run was coming, you knew he was getting it, you knew where he was going, you still couldn't stop him. Yeah. That's Dallas's offense has that kind of potential with Zeke Elliott. The trick it's, will be new, limit that. Yeah. You know, keep keep him out of the end zone. Keep him keep it where they on first down. Make it make it second and ten. Make it you know third and eight. So they can't just you know tee off on on it. That's that's going to be a big key to the game. Well, with with Slay covering the number one, I can I can see a similar coverage, except instead of two guys on Gronk in perpetuity, it's two guys 
Eyeball and Zeke, right? And 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 if you take out the those two weapons, it feels like the oh. the rest of the defense really lines up well. In all honesty, Tavon Wilson should have no responsibility other than to just mirror what Zeke Elliott does. Yeah, RB spy, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, Wilson's not great, but he can do that. Yeah, yeah. Especially if, with, with Quandre back there. I, I, yeah, I trust Quandre. Quandre's a fantastic tackler. I've said it time and again. He's the best tackler on the team. Did Proved you it see again that, in New England. the tackle on Gronk? I mean, little Nino yes. here, right? A little guy takes down big old Gronk, and he did not back down. I got a man major... Major props to Quandre. You're absolutely right about his tackling, but he is fearless out there too. He is a hell of a player. God, I love him. Yes, <laughs> my pants, my pants are coming off. Hey, coming off. Oh, 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 wait! Before they do, before they do. Oh no! Oh, maybe while they cold do. shower. <laughs> maybe Ooh. while they do. Uh, hey, you know we had a question. Uh, had a new Patreon donor come come in and join the crew this week, and uh, oh, nice. He had a question. He said, "You know, love Riz, love Riz on the show, but I heard he's doing something with Real GM. He's got a, a podcast going on. I want to. I want you to talk about that a little bit. Let people. You know, we get so much great feedback about you on this show. Want to get people to. <laughs> to, to tune in and listen to you on your gig over there too. So let's talk a little bit about what do you got going on, man? Yeah, we we are we are kicking it off shortly. Um we tried um a couple of things where I I did it solo and I didn't like hearing myself talk for 40 minutes and I don't think anybody else would have either. So we're we're adding a co-host and it's going to launch next week more than likely. It's essentially if you read my 10 cent columns at Real GM, it's sort of elaborating on those it's also, um, it's got a gambling angle on it. It's sponsored by Bet Online AG. It's on the Podcast One Network. Um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We got, I have cool guests lined up from, the, I'm actually uh, in a, a picking league against like Ross Tucker and uh, Adam Carolla is on that nice. podcast network. Um, so it, it's really cool. And, and Real GM Radio has existed for many years in a basketball capacity. And they've thrown me a bone and done a draft episode here and there for the NFL. But now they're doing the whole thing. Um, had, had actually auditioned co-hosts, uh, when was that, Friday, um, which is really tedious. And I found a guy that I clicked with. So we're going to have it rolling uh, hopefully next week. We, we might get one this week, but it's doubtful because uh, I'm in single dad mode. So it's yeah. hard to record when you got kids around. <laughs> uh, so, I, I, yeah, it's fun. So I appreciate that. Yeah, but definitely keep checking out the 10 cents. Uh, it's doing very well. Uh, had some draft related stuff in there this week, which people seem to really gravitate towards. So that's yeah. cool. Oh, by the way, uh, in Real that, GM are pretty cool. I got, I got, I got they they're are, a good group of folks. They, Real GM folks have been, uh, this is my, this is my 14th year, 14th season being paid to cover the NFL by them. That's in, in online journalism, <laughs> you know, sports things. That's, that's a mere, that's a miracle, uh, and and both sides are very happy about it. So I I, I love it, and I, I appreciate everybody supporting it over there. I do do the game picks every week, and I try to have fun with those. I don't just write straight things. Last week you learned why I don't like my neighbor mowing his lawn every day. Um, and that's why you were late for the, uh, the conversation <laughs> yes. here today. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yeah, good times. Oh. All right. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad glad you're getting that off, man. I hope I uh, wish you the best. Be happy to show up on the show sometime if you want, Riz. I mean, if you need a, a, a real high class guest, I'm I'm all I'm all ears, buddy. <laughs> the, 
that might be fun. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to call this a show for the week. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, we're looking for your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. And don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Join the crew. Even as much as a dollar a month is very, very helpful. We love everyone who's helping us out there. Also, we're available on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Check us out there and on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see Riz with no pants. That's right, baby. All right. Give us a call via Skype Detroit Lions podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions podcast, or call us in the Lions line. You heard it earlier. 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Lastly, be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can come in your little box automatically. Thank you for tuning in, and we're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. It's your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How Big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is 